Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Big old butts. That's what? our new theme song. No. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. Why not? <laughs> uh, guess I don't have like a good reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, then. Sounds like. I don't like it. Our new theme song. <laughs> Maybe Big John can just incorporate that into the existing okay, theme song. Yeah. We don't want to throw people. We don't want they're... them to think they're listening to the wrong podcast. Right. Yeah. Big old butt. There we go. Big old butt. A nice remix. There's um a podcast I listen to that has a theme song intro, but they like they do put stuff in it from like previous episodes. That was really funny. Yeah. Um, but it gets so chaotic sometimes that I'm just like, what is happening? That's too much. I know. I like the idea, but yeah, it gets a little. We could do that if we ever said anything funny. Yeah. You know, one day this isn't a funny podcast though no no it's very serious it's very serious somber if you will yes borderline morose oof oof yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i would like to have an interesting thing to talk about to introduce the show this week yeah there's nothing but that would mean that i'd have to do something interesting not like goddamn thing happening do anything. we're going on vacation but that will have happened by the time you listen to this That's so true. woo we went on vacation and, and it was great. a great time yeah yep i'm gonna i'm calling it <laughs> stellar just being out of town is gonna be so tight i know i don't even care if we do nothing yeah i'm just gonna be like wow i left i was somewhere else neat and boy was that nice. a place <laughs> boy was it a place <laughs> it was different but not too different Maybe there'll be an aquarium somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. I love aquariums. I'll teach you all about the cephalopods. <laughs> Great. I know a lot about them now. Perfect. Because of this movie I watched. Did I tell you about Squid it? Squid ain't fish. <laughs> Wait, they're not? Shit. They're when everything I knew about cephalopods. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I mean, we don't have anything to talk about, so welcome to the show. Fuck it. We'll just, we'll just dive right in. It doesn't matter. We don't have to have something to talk about every time. You know, sometimes our lives are boring. Uh, I mean, sometimes boring is good. Most of the time, my life is boring. Yeah. And that's how I like it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The most exciting thing I think that's happened in the last week is that I got my snake to eat for the first time. That is exciting. And I was very happy. Yeah. Because I've had him for a couple weeks and I was just worried. Yeah. Because they're picky. Yeah. I was like, I don't want you to not eat. Right. Like, you do have to eat, dude. Yeah. It just takes him a while to settle in. But he did it. So, everything's good. Well, I'm proud of him. Yep. We're all proud of him. Yep. He's a good bucket. He is a good bucket. Speaking of, hi, I'm Bucket Snake. Ha <laughs> ha. I named my snake after myself. Yes, I did. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you know, if you're not going to name your kids after yourself. Yeah. 
then anyway, why not? A when snake. are you getting a pet named Meat? <laughs> Never. <laughs> not doing that. <laughs> Ever. I'm Meat Wedge. This is Replay Rewind. It is. It's a podcast. You so found it. Say. Congrats. <laughs> We're proud of you. It's a podcast about movies. We pick a movie that we watched or maybe didn't watch when we were kids. We talk about what we remember happening in the movie, who was in it, you know, why it sticks out in our brain. Then we go watch it and then we come back and tell you all the things that we were wrong about, which is all the things. And we tell you what actually happened in the movie. And then we tell you a little bit of trivia, like how it was made or who's in it or what they're doing now. And that's it. Yep. It's uh, fun. It's cool. People like it. You know, like a lot of people, I think, like it. Yeah. So you are the last to hear about it. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, everyone else has been listening for a long time. Welcome, finally, (laughs) to you. Welcome. So I have a question for you. Great. Let's hear it. I know that you have already the most perfect dog in the world. Yes. But if you could have any kind of dog, Mm -hmm. is there like a breed that you're like, oh man, one day I'm going to have this kind of dog? I don't know. That you've ever thought about? I do. And I know you and I have talked about it before, but we both love big dogs. Mm -hmm. And I would love to have an even bigger dog. Mm -hmm. Um, Same. But the bigger they get the more health problems and they just don't live as long and i would just be so sad and they eat so much yeah i spend so much money on pet food yeah i, I bet. had to since we're going out of town i just like wanted to make sure everything was like really stocked up yeah and i spent so much i mean what you're up to day? eight animals now in your house yeah sometimes nine yeah that second dog when he comes over eats so much food yeah i'm like i'm gonna need uh child support payment i know that's what you get you're raising a teen boy <laughs> i know that's what happens they eat a lot um but i don't know i do really like great danes when i have seen them me too but i just i feel bad yeah um a saint bernard would be cool they just from what i know of them aren't super social with other dogs mm. so i don't know how they would do with like other animals in general yeah but when i was in high school i was friends with um like a whole family mm-hmm. and they had a saint bernard and like they lived out on this huge farm and like a bunch of us would go out and just like stay the whole weekend it was really fun they were like they were catholic so they were like six kids yeah and all of varying ages who all had their own friends and so it would just be like yeah 20 kids in this house sometimes you know um but yeah they had a saint bernard named max who was so big that I could just lay on the floor and he would be Big Spoon. Yeah. <laughs> it was really sweet. Oh. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, just, I don't know, big giant dog. Yeah. A bigger... Bigger giant her dog. A bigger pit bull. I love dogs with big heads. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about when I worked at the dog hotel and this guy came in and he had a pit bull that was one of big boys' pit bulls? Like, Big Boy from Outcast breeds pit bulls. Oh. And he has a line of pit bulls called Pitfall. Wow. Yeah. And so this dog, a his name was pit bulls. Okay. Lincoln. Yeah, you know, like a heritage yeah. mm-hmm. family, whatever you want to call it. Just, it just, like, sounds like a clothing company. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this dog was one of them. His name was Lincoln. And he had, he, like, specifically bred them to have really big heads. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and this dog had the biggest fucking head. He was so sweet. I love that. Yeah, it was cool. I love when people are telling me that my dog has a big head because I'm like, no, your dog has a small head. Yeah. So don't mm. come at me. She has more brains. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Is she using them? No, but she has them. <laughs> Just in case. Okay. <laughs> what about you? Do you have a dream dog? 
Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, all the really big ones, really. Yeah. But I met this dog one time who's a black Russian terrier. Mm-hmm. And I really want one. Are they big or little? They're big. Okay. They're like 100 pound, Ooh. like working dogs. Yeah. Um, And they have just like a lot of like really soft but curly black hair. Ooh. And they have like beards. Yeah. And like emo kid bangs. Because they're just like, it's all black. And so yeah. they have like a lot of hair like in their face. And the first time I ever met one was at that same dog hotel that I worked at. And his name was Brody. Okay. And that's a cute dog name it was it yeah. was very cute i just like saying it like that because it sounds like a surfer dude's name where he's yeah. like what's up my name's brody <laughs> um flips his dog hair out of his face okay literally that's what he did though oh yeah he was trying to look at something and he like did a fucking what my friend jack used to call a glamour swing where he tossed his bangs out of his eyes and i was like oh my god a glamour swing i need one of these dogs that's so cute immediately while we're on so. the topic of the dog hotel that you worked at, tell yeah. us about your favorite dog names <laughs> and your least favorite dog names. Let's hear it. Oh, okay. I feel like this is the time. That's true. Meat Wedge is known for her very strong opinions yeah. on pet names, but dog names very specifically Yeah, because of your experience in yeah. working with so many of them. Yeah, I'm downright snobby about it. Absolutely. Um, And I'm, I mean, I'm... I'll be the first to admit it. Like, I know. Yeah. And I'll tell people that. I'm yeah. like, I'm a pet name snob. I'm sorry. But yeah. it's... You know, and I'm 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 sorry if I offend or alienate any of our listeners in the coming moments, but you know, my thought has always just been it's a dog or a cat especially. It doesn't mm-hmm. know what its name is. It's not going to be embarrassed. You yeah. should have fun with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I worked at a hotel like a kennel in northern Kentucky for a year and a half and then I moved back down here and worked at a dog hotel, very fancy, for a year and a half. So I've met like hundreds if not thousands of dogs and they're all named the same thing yeah so it's just you know my least favorites are max and bailey yeah so common yeah and then i don't know all the the all the ones that ends in e lucy maggie maddie tucker i also hear uh bella bella too Mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay i found my list my okay. list is entitled Things to Not Name Your Stupid Dog. <laughs> <laughs> what if your dog isn't stupid, though? Then what do you name it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Bailey, Tucker, Lucy, Sophie, Max, Maggie, Maddie, Rosie, Riley, Jack, Daisy, Bella, Toby, Sadie, Roxy, Buddy, and Rocky. Yeah. Those are my least faves. Sorry. Sorry, every- sorry 80% of the people with dogs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What's just... your favorite? Do you have a list of favorites, or are you just one of those people that's negative? No, I have other good ones. Oh, okay. So, one of the dogs that used to come into the into daycare all the time, his name was Gabe. Well, it depended on who you asked, because mm-hmm. his mom was just, like, a white lady. Yeah. And his dad sounded like Antonio Banderas. Oh, nice. So, when his mom came to pick him up, she'd be like, I'm here for Gabe. And when his dad came, he would say, I'm here for Gabrielle. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we were all like, uh-huh. Cute. And then her parents had Gabe's, like, litter mate, mm-hmm. actual brother. Yeah. But then they, like, got too old and couldn't take care of him, so he came to live with them. And yeah. his name was Dusty. So, again, she would be like, I'm here for Gabe and Dusty. And he yeah. would say, I am here for Gabrielle and Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> and so we all just said Dusty. Dusty. We called him Dusty all the time. Yes, I love that story. And I still, when my house needs to be dusted, I'm like, oh, it's Dusty. It's very Dusty. <laughs> it's just fun to say. Yeah. 
He was so nice. He forgot the word for daycare one time. Mm-hmm. And when we got, I guess on the way home, like one of his dogs had thrown up. Aww. And so he just called to see if it was like a thing that was happening all day. But he yeah. was like, did he get sick in the, uh, in the, with you guys? <laughs> <laughs> with you guys? Oh, it was so, and we, he was like super handsome too. So anytime yeah. when he was in the lobby to come pick up his dogs, like we all just kind of like went out there to be like, hey, Yay. and I'm sure he was like, why do they need five people? <laughs> to help me get my dog but we all just wanted to say hi to him because he was yeah. very handsome that's cute i love that okay these are some of my favorite dog names okay tell me um diesel mm. which is kind of it's fairly common yeah uh sprocket cute i knew a dog named minus he only had three legs oh i knew a very very tiny dog named pixel oh. i used to have a dog named blanket <laughs> yeah uh i knew a dog whose name was opti which was short for Optimus Prime. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, one of the girls that I worked with tried to name her dog Hand Banana, but she had a three-year-old daughter who insisted that they name her Nala instead, so <laughs> they went with Nala. Oh, no, Hand Banana. Yeah. Um, Kirby Dugan, my grandmother's cat who just passed away, was named Polyester Jones. Nice. The guy who does the Skywatch traffic uh-huh. in town on the radio, his dog's name is Pilot. Cute. Which is cute. Uh, my mom used to have a dog named Schnitzel. Oh. Hoover. Hot sauce. <laughs> Hot sauce. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Guinness. Magic Johnson. Hakuna Matata. Donatello. Donadane. Gorgeous George. He was a boxer. Cute. Francis Bean. Gucci. Aww. Smooth. But they're- Smooth butt? No, smooth. <laughs> his name was just smooth. But apparently his owners called him smooth, like with a V at the end. Uh, Kyrie and Arcadia cute yeah uh one of the political podcasts i listen to the one of the hosts has a dog named pundit that's awesome yeah and uh someone was i don't know i overheard this somewhere but they had they have a cat that they found on election day and his name is ballot (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i think things like that are super cute it is cute again it's just like just do something fun name them something stupid yeah you know? Something stupid. Something stupid. This is my cat. Something stupid. I had an iguana in high school that I didn't know how to take care of, and unfortunately I died, and that's why I didn't get any more mm. unconventional pets until I was 33 years old. Yeah. Um, But I knew his name was Oedipus Rex, <laughs> and I just called him Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> why are we talking about dog names? Well... Because this week we're talking about Beethoven. Which is a good dog name. It is a good dog name. Yeah. It's a very good dog name. I don't remember anything about this movie. Uh, They have a big dog. His name's Beethoven. Mm-hmm. He causes a lot of problems. I know he, like, clears off the dining room table at one point, like, in a big way. Yeah. It's very slobbery. Um, And then there are some bad guys. Yep. The end. They made a sequel called Beethoven the Second, mm-hmm. where he had puppies. Yep. That's all I know. That means his dog was not neutered. Oh, God, that's why it was so crazy. Yeah. The um, girl from Kindergarten Cop is in it. Yes. She's in it. The dad. We both remember. We were talking about. We remember what he looks like, but I don't remember his name. Yeah, I don't know who he is. I can just kind of picture his face. Yeah. Um. They get the dog. I think the dad doesn't want the dog, but the yeah. family does. Yeah. He's just a baby puppy, and they're all like, aww. And he's just like, ugh, whatever. Yeah. That dog's going to get bigger. And they're like, but we love him. Yes. And. They name him Beethoven because they're trying to figure out his name. And one of the kids, I think, is taking piano lessons and is, like, sitting at the piano. Mm. 
and just goes do 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 <laughs> and he like barks ah do 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 and he barks again so they're like oh beethoven yeah yeah it's something like that um there's a lot of slobber mm-hmm. i remember that yeah and like jokes about it yeah like that's the focus of a lot of jokes yeah um but the bad guy and i can't remember why but he wants to use beethoven he wants to test something on him yeah i was just gonna say i feel like there's some like science component yeah and, like he's like a mad scientist type with like syringes yeah there's definitely like a tray of syringes and he does the like thing. yeah i'm sure everybody <laughs> knows what i mean yes <laughs> yeah and they have to like save him at the last second yeah and of course the dad eventually is like i love this dog yeah and the dog probably licks his face a bunch yeah but yeah that's the plot that i remember okay yeah how many kids are there three i think there's three what are their names no <laughs> <laughs> Small, medium, and large. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh, there's a scene. Oh, I just remembered this. Okay. There's a scene where they get a new nanny and they're at her house. Okay. And she's listening to that song from Moulin Rouge. It's the Gitchy, Gitchy, yeah, yeah, da, da. You know that song? Yeah. Um, and the littlest girl falls in the pool because she's not paying attention. Oh, no. To what the kids are doing. Yeah. And Beethoven, like, runs in and saves her. Okay. Yeah. 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 There's, like, a big pool and, like, gla- like sliding glass doors everywhere. And she's just, like, inside, like, listening to music and not watching the kids. Yeah. 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 That was in there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's what I remember. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I've been craving watching it lately so well good i suggested it i'm glad that you did because i want to watch it yeah feels like a bit of a departure from what we've been doing recently too hopefully it's good what if robin williams shows up that would be very funny (laughs) but weird he's the bad guy we never knew yeah i'm sure there are like some hapless goons Mm -hmm. the bad guy trying to chase down a dog a lot of slapstick in yeah in beethoven is the husband from that darn cat yeah we talked about that Mm -hmm. you remembered that but i've never seen him in anything else i just remember him from that okay we're gonna watch it let's go watch it get yourself some dog treats yeah put them in a silver bowl and eat them off the floor sometimes dog treats smell really good i know i got these treats for cricket that look like oreos yeah and they smell so good yeah they smell like peanut butter oreos Ugh. and i didn't eat one but that's what you should do you should get yourself some dog (laughs) treats you should do that. Listen to this wonderful interlude. Take some time for yourself. Treat yourself. Get yourself a Patreon subscription to this here podcast. Patreon.com slash replay rewind podcast. We'll be right back. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, that was a fucking messy movie. Yeah. It made me want to clean stuff. Yeah. <laughs> just wash my hands several times. I was just sitting on my couch with my vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> we were cuddling. Yeah. I was like, don't worry. I'll never let it get like that. <laughs> yeah. The IMDb says a slobbering St. Bernard becomes the center of attention for a loving family, but must contend with a dog-napping veterinarian and his henchmen. Yes. Kind of gives away the... The dog-napping? Twist of, like, the vet being the guy who's That's running true. the... Which yeah. is a, a pretty it, shocking... Yeah, but it wasn't, revelation. like... It's not, like, the, the twist. Point. Right, but, but, it's just, yeah. like, oh, shit, you know. So you're yeah, like, oh, yeah. the dog-napping veterinarian. So you know it's coming. But I was just like, oh, shit. You know? Yeah. To not see that coming. So we're being visited again by yeah. our friend John Hughes. Yeah. Who I did not realize wrote the screenplay for this until I was doing the research because his name is not in the credits because he wrote it under a pseudonym. Oh. Yes. Really? And I can't figure out why. So There's he no explanation of why. Truly is, as per your note here, the Stephen King of screenplays. Yes. Is this like his Richard Bachman moment? Like, I guess I don't so. understand. Yeah. I was like. All right, so he's just written a bunch of movies. They can't all be winners, sure. Right. Very Stephen King of him. But also, yeah. he wrote this under a pseudonym, and it's um Edmund Dante? Like the guy from The Count of Monte Cristo? Yes. <laughs> and I don't know why. Edmund Dantes? Yes, yeah, that's what it is. That's amazing. Why? But weird. I know. I mean, truly, I mean, who knows? Maybe he, we should research it, and maybe we should do a John Hughes deep dive since maybe he shows up so much in our life, and he's such an interesting person. Yeah. And I know he was pretty beloved. When did Home Alone come out? Uh, 92? 3? Okay. I was just wondering, you know. Because this... when did Getting Even With Dad come out? I don't know. Because <laughs> it was four years after Home Alone is why okay. I remember. Yeah, that's true. Um. So I think Home Alone was maybe 92? Six. Yeah. This one also came out in 92. Okay. So, because I was just wondering, you know, when you were like, oh, this is John Hughes, I was like, it's interesting that the goons don't get beat up as much, but if Home Alone had not yet come out, and so he didn't Ah. quite realize, like, what a, you know, popular, like, trope that was. But there are definitely some John Hughes... Isms. Isms in here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it made sense. Okay. And also... Our friend Bonnie Hunt is back. Yeah. Yeah, and she does such a good job. She does such a... And her I hair looks fantastic. She has so much hair. She has so much hair. I know. It must be hot. I caught In myself several times hair. being like, will someone please 
help this woman. I mean, it looks great. <laughs> She's wearing a blanket. She just has a lot of hair. <laughs> There's so much of it. All right, so we start out with some ominous thunder rumbling over the dandy pup pet supply store. Uh-huh. We see on the inside lots of dogs in cages and a dirk, leaky, terrible, sad yeah. place. And two guys are bringing in more dogs in a cage. Yep. And one drops it on the other one's foot. Mm-hmm. That one being Oliver Platt. Yeah. What's he doing? I don't know. And then, who's the other one? It's Stanley Tucci. Oh my god. I know. I was like, you know, as these like opening scenes are happening and the credits are rolling, I was like, oh shit, Bonnie Hunt. I missed Oliver Platt's name somehow. Yeah. Oh shit, Stanley Tucci. Right. David Duchovny's in this fucking movie. Yeah. I was just like, if this movie is not good, I'm going to shoot myself because there are so (laughs) many people that I love in this film. So with the crashing noise, uh, we see... A shady-looking man with glasses has been summoned. Are these prescription glasses or magnifying glasses? I don't, I don't know. They're prescribed because he can only see two inches in front of his face. They make his apparently. eyes so big, which I'm, you know, is sure I'm sure is intentional for the character and blah blah blah. But I'm like, can the actor see? Is right. he okay? Does I he have know. a headache? Can- yes, I made all of those <laughs> notes at some point where it's just like, can this man see at all? Right. And I don't. I can't imagine that he can i don't know but dr glasses looks down from above and says i need puppies to these goons Mm -hmm. to that i say cruella deville you look different you look you're looking a little different look you got a little little bald balding a little bit up top (laughs) your signature hairstyle has changed looking a little different yep yeah so stanley tucci says puppies yeah okay come on and then they take off Mm -hmm. and we see like as they're leaving we see like all these there's like wires attached to these dogs and mm-hmm. there's like machinery next to their cages. So, I mean, we don't know exactly what's going on, but yeah. none of it looks good and they all look very sad. And then Robin Williams comes in and covers them all in flubber and they just bounce around for the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So, this is a Universal Pictures movie. We get that. And then we see executive produced by Ivan Reitman. Yeah. Our Ghostbusters pal. And Space Jam. And Space Jam. Kinda. But mostly. Yeah. It's a very, we're. We get the shot of a very pleasant-looking town with lots of cute music, mm-hmm. people doing their people things mm-hmm. at their shops. There's a pet store, and we get a puppy point of view of a St. Bernard being too cute to live. He's so cute. He's yeah. got, like, little wood shavings in his butt fluff. He's just, like, <laughs> so adorable and, like, tumbling all over the place and interacting with everyone who comes to look at him. Yeah. And all these people are coming... This looking. is a place that is clearly selling puppy mill dogs. Because sure. all of these dogs are purebred. Yeah. And they're all puppies. And it's just like... It's Ooh. weird that they only have the one St. Bernard. Yeah. I mean, maybe... I mean, they couldn't have a bunch because then how would we know which one we're right. looking at? But, you know, they've got like five dachshund puppies and chihuahua puppies and then just like the one St. Bernard. I mean, I don't know anything about dog breeding at all. But I wonder if, because St. Bernards are so big, if they have smaller litters. Probably. Yeah. But, like, usually more than one. I don't know. When I went and got uh, Cricket, a lot of the puppy pens were full of, like, a whole litter. And she was the only one Hmm. by herself in the little cage. Well, and I guess, too, if you've got, like, if you're running a chihuahua puppy mill, you can have, like, ten chihuahuas. Oh, yeah. Milling out puppies. Yeah, but if you're, like, St. Bernard's, you're like, well, I have one. So maybe, you know, if you've got a litter of five or six and you just, like, I'll sell one to this Right. Pet store and one to this pet store and whatever. Yeah. Just spread them out a little bit more. Who knows? Don't do it. Adopt. Don't shop. Exactly. Yeah. So we see customers are coming in and picking up and petting on all the ugly tiny dogs. (laughs) 
and not this beautiful St. Bernard puppy that I would have snatched up in an instant. Absolutely. So cute. Yeah, and then a woman on a motorcycle comes in uh-huh. and asks how big he's going to get because she has a junkyard and she needs a big, mean junkyard dog. The yeah. pet store worker is like, he'll get up to like 150 pounds. Yeah. I was like, is she going to take him home on her motorcycle? Does right. he have a puppy backpack? Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing Sidecar. here? But the clerk says, well, he's pretty sweet. Yeah. And she says, you can make any dog mean. It's true. But then he pees on her. Yeah. <laughs> this makes her mad. I know. She gets mad at it, which I'm like. He's a puppy. He's a puppy and clearly got an attitude. So, you know. Yeah, might. he doesn't want to be a junkyard dog. But yeah, this upsets her and she says, you got any pit bulls? Which <gasps> I know you and I both just <laughs> aggressively rolling our eyes at this. Yeah, I was at this point currently struggling to type to take notes during this movie because my pit bull was cuddling me so hard. Right. Laying her big giant floppy head on my lap right big mean junkyard dogs so mean so anyway then we see the pet store at night where the saint bernard is still there in his sad little enclosure he's like laying down by himself it's raining again kind Mm -hmm. of and the goons have pulled up in their big van yes and the short one vernon stanley tucci yes just like punches through the front door glass yeah while Oliver Platt's character, Harvey, is, like, freaking out about it. You know, he's like, you're just gonna walk... He's got a little lisp. You're just gonna walk up to it? What about the cop? What about surveillance? You know, what about the alarm? And so when he asks about the alarm, Vernon opens the door and uses his cigarette smoke to show him where the laser beam is for the alarm. Yeah. Which I don't think is like, does a this real thing. technology exist outside of movies? Right. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think you can... That's not how, that. yeah, motion sensor works. Right. I'm pretty sure. I don't think so. Anyway, he says, all you got to do is step over it. Yep. So they step over it. They do. Together, for some reason. Go through the door at the same time. Nearly fall over, whatever. Yeah. Goons. Right. <laughs> and, yeah, but then as they're loading these puppies up into these baskets, <laughs> uh, Harvey steps into the beam, which sets the alarm off. He says, I've stepped in the beam. <laughs> I don't know why his little lisp is so cute. Because it's like, it's barely there. Yeah. But it is cute. Tiny. And I guess just because Oliver Platt is like huge. Yes. He's just a big man. Yeah. It just makes it funnier. And throughout the whole movie, he's wearing coveralls. Yeah. Like he's a mechanic type. And Stanley Tucci, even in this scene, is wearing a whole ass suit. Yeah. And then like cow print cowboy boots. Yeah. That his pants are tucked into. A robbery. That's what he always wears. But okay. So they, they hear the alarm, they rush to get all the puppies in their big van and take off. They turn off the street before the cops get there, and they get away clean. Yep. Harvey uh, is in the back, putting all the puppies where they go, into their different cages. Mm-hmm. And we see the tiny St. Bernard and the tiny Jack Russell making yeah. eyes. Yeah. They're like, yeah, doing some telepathy. Barking at each other. Yeah. Yeah. Communicating. Speaking my language. Yes. They make friends instantly from across the van. Yeah. And then Harvey goes up to the front of the van and hugs Vernon a bunch, which causes them to hit a curb. And the Jack Russell's cage, like, falls and his door pops open and he's loose. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> Harvey's, like, apologizing for hugging him so much and getting them off course. But he's yeah. like, that was my very first felony. Committed a lot of misdemeanors, but I do believe that was my very first felony. God. He's just so excited. He's like, I'm sorry. It's just, that was an exciting crime. Do you think he had just tried out for the part of Daffy Duck? And he was like, <laughs> I'm stuck. I can't. <laughs> 
can't get out of this. Or um, just Larry the Cucumber. <laughs> he does. Oh, my very first misdemeanor. <laughs> Larry, no! <laughs> my very first felony. I've committed a lot of misdemeanors. <laughs> but so then... The Jack Russell lets the St. Bernard out of his cage. Yes. And all the other dogs start barking. Yeah, they're like, let me out too, hey. Vernon's driving. And he goes, why are they barking? And Harvey, in a very me move, just shrugs and goes, they're dogs. Yeah, they bark. <laughs> dogs bark. Yeah, they're <laughs> You dogs. stole a bunch of them. Also, there are new dogs that you've just introduced. Like, Yeah, they're going to bark. They guns to bark. Right. But he's like, no, get back there and check it out. Right. And so he does. And he sees that the Jack Russell is at the back of the van and is like, jumping up to get the door open which he does yeah and he jumps out and the cage from the jack russell has fallen in a way that harvey cannot get past it so he's just watching the dogs kind of like jump yeah out trying to get him to stop bad dog yeah. you don't jump just right. puppy stay puppy come here puppy but they're not listening so the jack russell and the saint bernard get away and the saint bernard has hidden in a little trash can yeah and then sad piano music plays yeah because he sees his little friend run off into the street yeah they like stop the van and vernon tries to chase him down but you know he's not a match for a jack russell that's trying to get away no no one is so the next morning the saint bernard is still sleeping in his little trash can yeah and the trash truck is coming i know so for I a second you're like oh so nervous i know but he wakes up and he gets away in time and starts exploring the city yeah he sees a cat yeah he sees the whole town. Yeah. so little. I know. Which is boom, 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 boom. Trundling along as a little puppy. I feel puppy like I butt. can hear him. Yeah. Boop, 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 pat, 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 pat. Yeah. <laughs> he, see, he encounters a man with a leaf blower. I know. They both surprise each other. Yeah. And they're like, oh. And they just walks away. And then, then he goes up to a nice big yard mm-hmm. where a man is getting his newspaper. <laughs> yes. A kid on a bike. The paper boy has thrown this newspaper, and it has just come apart midair, and it is all over the front yard, and it's just so funny. Yeah, it's just it's... one of those tiny things that I'm like, why is it so funny? Right. <laughs> it's not in a bag. It doesn't have a rubber band. It's just like, <laughs> paper. Yeah, and uh, the little puppy manages to follow the man into the house and sneak up the stairs, sight unseen. Yeah, completely completely unnoticed. And I made a note here because I just love that. From the beginning of the scene until now, there's no dialogue. Yeah. And the music is just like that cartoony, like indicating the emotion of the scene without, you know, any yeah. communication. And I just really like it. Yeah. It's very fun. Yeah. So then we see the little puppy go into the parent's bedroom and like looks under the bed, which I kind of appreciate, but also was like, you're not going to sweep under this bed before you film this scene? Like it was dirty <laughs> under there. But It's uh, more realistic. I guess so. But he sees, from his point of view, we see that a little boy is sleeping on the floor on the other side of the bed. Mm. And the mom gets out of bed and nearly steps on him. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Did you have another nightmare? And he says, yes. And he's putting on his giant glasses. He's like, do we really have to get up? It's 7 a.m. on a Saturday. Mm. And the mom says, yep, daddy's rules. Yep. Which I'm like, I don't know, man. Everybody in this family is against it. Maybe mutiny. Yeah. But then the puppy goes across the hall into the older daughter's room who's the subtitles spell her name as r-y-c-e yep and i'm like please tell me that this girl's name is reese it's not but it's rice her name is just rice it's really strange because everybody else's name is so normal yeah and i didn't see anything in the research anywhere of like why her name is so 
weird. Uh, just did they not at any point say it out loud and then be like, "Oh, we've named her Rice," I and like pause? Don't know to pick a different name, Bryce. Even yeah, I, I don't get it. Anyway, so Rice is upset. Yeah, and she's like, "Newsflash, Mom! It's a Saturday. Why do we have to get up so early? This sucks." Don't say sucks. Yeah, her mom says. Yeah, go talk to your dad about it. In a very my mom move. I wasn't allowed <laughs> to say sucks when I was again. Yeah, me neither. She's like, you know, ask your dad. He's in charge. Herds him down the hallway. The little boy Ted and the older sister Rice both realize that they have to fight for the bathroom, so mm-hmm. they start running towards it at the same time. They're fighting over it, which I'm like, I hope there's at least a master bathroom. Yeah, because like one bathroom for five people is not enough. Terrible, especially with kids. Right. Yeah, so the puppy continues on unnoticed into the smallest child's room, Uh huh. where he climbs up into her bed and licks her face. It's so cute. And it's the little girl who we met in Kindergarten Cop. Yes. And I'm just like crying already at this point because she's so small and so cute. I know. And so sweet. I know. She still has that little like mullet haircut sort uh-huh. of where she's just, they're just like, we'll just cut your hair so that you can see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the little baby curls. Yeah. Yeah. So she wakes up and she's like oh hi a puppy yeah and then everybody goes into her room and she's like mom look i dreamt i had a puppy and it came true yeah so then we see at the breakfast table the dad is already sitting there reading his paper that he has reassembled (laughs) and the mom comes in yeah and says honey i take back almost everything i said about you being cold and insensitive he's like what rice says i take it back too yeah and Ted says, I have everything I've ever wanted. I owe you big time. Yeah. He, Ted, like, punches him on the arm. Yeah. And the dad is just like, why? Yeah, what's going on? What is happening? And then we see Emily walks into the room holding the puppy. Yes. The camera zooms in on dad's face. The yes. brass instruments swell in the background <laughs> to indicate surprise. <laughs> and Emily says, can we call him Fred? Yeah. <laughs> no. No, we cannot. So the kids take the dog outside, arguing mm-hmm. over whose turn it is to hold them. I yeah. get him for five more minutes. No, it's my turn. I get to hold him now. Yeah. And in the kitchen, we see mom and dad arguing about keeping the dog. Yeah, the dad is like, look, we can't keep him. But the mom says, it's too late. The kids have seen him. You can't just take him away. Yeah. And I won't let him be taken to the pound. He'll be destroyed. Right. If the rightful owners don't come and claim him, you know, they'll kill him. And yeah. he's just a baby. Right. She's like, I won't have that on my conscience. But she's like... George, millions of people have dogs. It's just a dog, you know, because the dad's like, he's going to destroy our house. Yeah. But she's like, millions of people have dogs. He's like, not this people. Right. (laughs) Not this people. (laughs) Yeah. And then he he starts explaining his reasoning. He says, the kids will lose interest. I'll have to take care of it. It'll grow to be enormous. It'll take over the yard. The bushes will die and the lawn will look terrible. When the dog finally settles down, it'll die and everybody will be so upset. We'll have to go get another puppy. The whole thing will start all over again. You understand? No, honey. Could you be more specific? (laughs) And then he's like, no, we can't. I'm, he says, I've I need decided. some support here. Okay. Yeah. And she's like, all right, no, that's, it's fair. He makes good points. That's a big dog. It is a big that's dog. It's a lot of dog. You really, and, you know, there are a few things that I take issue with this movie, and one of them being you just can't surprise get a dog. No. You have to be prepared. Right. Especially yeah. a puppy. Yes. Yeah, their house isn't ready. Right. These kids don't, you know, they need to lay out, like, who's responsible for what the things that need to be done yeah, and you like, need to do all that dog. before you're excited and distracted by a puppy already being there yes yeah but he's like i've already decided you need to go tell them yeah he like pleads with his eyes like please don't make me do it yes but she's like no you do he's like you're the one who doesn't want this dog yep you get to tell him so he goes outside and he looks at them all they look up at him mm-hmm. and he says 
listen, we're we're people people here. Yeah. We're we're goldfish people. We're ant farm people. We're not dog people. Right. But they're like, come on, you're always saying that we need more responsibility. Give us a chance, you know, this isn't fair. Yeah. And he says, no, you know, I've decided. It's my decision, and I've decided. But Rice, in typical bratty teenage fashion, yeah. just looks at him and says, I knew it. Yep. And the other two kids look so sad. Yeah, and Alice is watching all of this. The mom is watching all of this from across the yard. And she can see the moment yes. that George breaks. Yep. And, like, she starts smiling before he even says it. Yeah. And he says, you better think of something to name him, because when he comes home and destroys my house, I need to know what to call him. Yeah. And they're like, they're like yay, yay, daddy. Oh, my God. <laughs> yay, we love you so much. Thank you, daddy. And, and he's he says, like, it's just temporary. Yep. We're going to find the owner. Yes. Don't get too excited. Yeah, don't get too attached, except for what do we see them doing in the very next scene? Naming the dog. Yeah. Which is how you get attached. Uh, absolutely. So they've all submitted names to a hat, and they've decided this is how they're going to name the dog. So they pull out mm-hmm. a name. The first one that she picks out is Emily's. Yes. Who has, I guess, decided to name the dog Dick. <laughs> that is what is implied. She says, you know, the mom's like, honey, we can't, body parts are not really good contenders for dog names. <laughs> yeah. And Emily says, but he has one. I checked. <laughs> yeah. And, and Alice says, I don't think your dad wants to be yelling this out into the backyard at night. Right. She says, but that's what you call Uncle Richard. <laughs> and the dad's just like, uh. Yeah. So they try again. So like, all right, let's, let's pick a different one. And we see the one that she picks out next is whatever the dad wrote down, which we don't even get to hear what that is because Alice just looks at her husband with a face and he says, what? You wanted my input. And she I... just crumples it up, throws it away. What do you think it was? I have no idea. Little shit. Yeah. That's my vote. <laughs> Little shit. Yeah. That's a good one. So the mom is like, listen, this isn't working. Let's just name him Rover. Right. And Rice is like, what about MC Hammer? That's a fantastic name for a dog. It is. And Ted wants the ultimate warrior. Also great. But the mom's like, no, Rover is fine. Right. And no, it's not. The dog starts to walk away. And Emily is like, he doesn't like any of those names. Mm-hmm. The dad's like, he's a dog. He doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't have a preference. He like, he's so distraught about it that he like gets up and walks into the kitchen <laughs> to like lean on the table. He's just like, he doesn't have a preference. We could call him Ding Dong Head and he wouldn't know the difference. Ding Dong Head. But Emily says, yes, he would. He cares. And he will tell us what he wants to be named. I mean, I like Ding Dong Head, honestly. Ding Dong Head is pretty cute. <laughs> a dog named Ding? Ding! That's cute. That is cute. But Emily picks him up and sets him on the piano bench next to her and starts playing. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. Woof, 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 woof. <gasps> then he says, woof, 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 woof. <laughs> and they're all just like looking at him. Yeah. They Dad all turn goes, around and they say, Beethoven? Beethoven. He is not pleased. Beethoven so then, is also a great name for a dog. Yep. Roll over, Beethoven. Starts playing. Yep. And we get a montage. Yes. We see the dad in his most dadly sweater, mm. which throughout this entire movie, it's like, what is the temperature of this place that they live? They're I in California somewhere it out. because of the license plates. That's all I know. But yeah, like, and there are palm trees. There are palm trees. But a lot of people are wearing sweaters for most of the movie. Yeah, or jackets. Yeah, but some people Pants. are wearing Just tank like, tops. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. I can't figure it out. He's wearing a huge... Very dadly sweater. Yeah, his sweaters, I think, could go up in a competition against Ned from the Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. Is that his name Ned? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. His fit a little better. George's do. Ned's yeah. are so big. Yes. 
but I think they shop at the same place. <laughs> Definitely. So he's posting lost dog flyers, which is a terrible idea. Yes, this is another idea where I'm like, this is the worst because somebody would just say it was theirs. But he doesn't care. He wants anybody to take this dog. So I, I think that's his plan. Is he's just like, have you? Do you want this dog? A we found it. Saint Bernard puppy is worth so much money. It, truly, anybody would be like, yeah, it's mine. Yeah, and then probably do something terrible. Yeah. We see the kids trying to teach him tricks. He pees in the dad's briefcase, which I'm like, why is it open on the floor? Yeah. It's like just in the middle of the floor open. Yeah. This guy's a dink. He's a dink. The dog is getting bigger. We see the dad has built him a run in the backyard with like a dog house and stuff and like a pretty big fence. Beethoven is on the table (laughs) drinking out of the fishbowl, just like fully. Yeah. Just so funny. Yeah. Scratching up the back door. They're still trying to teach him to roll over. You know, mm. shedding all over the place. They have to buy so much dog food, which I know you and I can relate. There's a really uh, cute scene where each family member walks into the kitchen, like in size order, smallest to largest, and they're each carrying a bag of dog food from yes. smallest to largest. I'm like, do they make dog food bags as big as the one that George is carrying? It's I like as tall as him. I think so. Because right? do you think they called ha- Yukonuba and were like, can <laughs> yeah. you make us a giant? Dog Absolutely. Yeah, because it would have to weigh like a hundred pounds. Oh yeah, it was and as you tall can't as he was. Pick that up. No. But then we also see that it's Halloween and they're going trick-or-treating, and Emily is dressed as a cowgirl yes. and Beethoven is wearing a saddle. Yes. And it's so cute. Yes. And then they're like riding their bikes through the park, and the dad has Beethoven <laughs> in like a wagon. Yeah. Just ride pulling him along behind mm-hmm. him. He's yeah, munching on the Thanksgiving turkey while everybody's not paying attention, saying grace. Dad's finding chewed shoes full of slobber under his bed. Oh, he pours all of the slobber out of all yeah. of the shoes. And I was just like, so Whoa. slimy. <laughs> He's out walking the dog in the rain while the found puppy flyers are yeah. you know, getting blown away. Beethoven finally rolls over. Yeah. Dad comes in the house covered in muddy paw prints, like up to his shoulders and on his back and stuff. Yeah, the, the house, house is covered in mud. Yeah. And then he walks into their bedroom and Beethoven is completely soaked and muddy and like had leaving a puddle on their like on the parents' bed. Yeah, everything is like hundred percent muddy. Stands up and starts to shake. Dad's like, No, 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 no. Which slobber, water, mud. Everywhere. I know. A lot of these things, like, yeah, you're gonna be upset for like jump your dog jumping on the table and drinking out of the fishbowl. Absolutely. That's a bad dog moment. Yeah. But who let the dog in the house looking like this? Who let the dog out while it was raining that hard? Right. Like, don't. He needs to be upset with the other members of his family who are allowing these things to happen. There are four other people in this house. Yeah. Uh, This is how I feel whenever Fraley is at my house, though. Yeah, just covered in mud. Yeah. Whenever I have him, it rains. He is a mud magnet. And he just gets so muddy. He loves it. I know. There's just like, <laughs> every time he leaves, I have to vacuum because there's like dried dirt. Yeah. In like perfect piles all around the couches yeah. somehow. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> God. All right. So the montage has ended. The letter carrier has delivered some letters and Beethoven gets them out of the, the slot in the door and takes I them know. to- Alice. She like looks through the slot and puts the letters in and then waves at him. Yeah. So I'm like, everyone loves this dog Absolutely. and it makes me so happy. It's breakfast? Yeah. yeah. And George is talking about his business mm-hmm. while Alice is passing bacon around to everyone, mm-hmm. which Rice immediately feeds to Beethoven under the table. Mm-hmm. 
He's just I know I know that this is like stating the obvious, but he's so big. I know. He just takes up so much space yeah. in their house. He's so very present, which yeah. is what I love about big dogs, but also kind of hate about them where you're like, get out of my space, please. It's like yeah. a man standing next to you. Right. Breathing heavily on you. Yeah. He this- like rests his chin on the kitchen table because he's so big. But I mean that's why, you know, you just have to teach them. When they're babies, yeah, you're not allowed to be in the kitchen while we're eating. He's clearly smart enough. Yeah. They could have trained him. They just didn't teach him anything. Right, yeah. And so, again, it's not fair to get mad at this dog when it's like, you are the one who didn't... I know they couldn't have prepared for this escaped dog sneaking into their house, but... Right. But they've had time. Once they've gotten him. Yeah, yeah. He's very trainable. He's very smart. They need to just... And they can afford a dog trainer. I think so. Yeah. So, Dad is talking about his air freshener business. Yeah. Yeah, house... he's trying to make some deal. Yeah, and the house is just so chaotic. He keeps getting interrupted. He's trying to explain this to Alice, and all the kids are like, Dad, can I have karate lessons? Right. Mom, you know? where's my shoe? Yeah. Emily's like, Dad, he wants you to pet him on his head. And she, right. he's like, I don't want to do that. In fact, get off the table. This is when I remembered David Duchovny's part in this movie. Yeah. He has to sell air fresheners to David Duchovny. Yeah, he's awful. What a movie. weird yeah, part for him to play. But yeah. Uh, while this is all going on, Beethoven steals George's bacon mm-hmm. and slobbers on his pants. Yep. And now he's got to go change them. Yep. This poor man is so uptight. He's so uptight. Because Alice is like, just change your pants, George. Yeah. And George is like, well, if I change my pants, then I got to change my jacket. And if I change my jacket, then I got to change my shirt. And if I change my shirt, then I got to change my tie. And if I change my tie, then I got to change my shoes. She says, how about you just change your pants, George? Which then he throws his pants at her, which yeah. I think is very cute. It is. Cute. You know, even though they just seem to really balance each other out really mm-hmm. well. And the, I like them as a couple. Yeah. They're, I like this family. I they're do chaotic. They have a really good dynamic. But yeah, their dynamic is great. I mean, they should, ha- they, the kids do need a little bit more discipline, I think, right. in that they're very bad at interrupting, like mm-hmm. about interrupting and things. But like, they talk to each other, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part. And they, they seem to be, and I like, I like George and Alice's yeah. relationship. Yeah, me too. He just needs to calm down. I mean, yeah. that's just really the problem here. So it's time for school. Yeah. Rice is taken off running down the street, but Ted is hiding behind a tree. Yeah. And he runs at the last minute to get on the bus. Yeah. This scene kind of confused me. He's, yeah, he's waiting for those other kids to get on first so he can sneak on, I think. I so guess. they don't notice him. Yeah. Oh, maybe the bullies are already on the bus. Yeah. But if he gets on in a group, they mm. won't know, see that he, okay. Because yeah. it's like, those are not the bullies that he encounters later. No. But that that makes sense. I think the other confusing picked on a lot thing is that Rice just takes off running down the street. I guess they don't go to the same school. Yeah, maybe not. I'm like, where's she going? She's a bit older than him. I yeah. Don't know. Anyway. Anyway, Dad is putting Beethoven in his run out back, reprimanding him for drooling on his pants. Which mm-hmm. again, I'm like, why can't Alice do this part? Like, you are dressed, you know? Like, yeah, there he might slobber on you again. Just right, like let... slobbery. Yeah, but as soon as. <laughs> As soon as he locks him in the run, we see that Beethoven just, like, crawls under this huge hole in the fence that he's dug. Yeah. And he takes off to explore the neighborhood. Yep. <laughs> this next scene is so funny. It's so funny. So then we see George is pulling out of the driveways, backing out of it. And Alice is watering the plants. And she hears him. So she turns around to say, good luck, honey. But she just, like turns the hose around with her and splashes his like open window twice because <laughs> she like pulls it back to herself to be like oh shit so she like gets him and then gets him on the backswing yeah and it, she's like maybe maybe just a little, a little kleenex or something yeah just, just a little kleenex sorry but just the way that he like because he holds his hands up <laughs> when he gets hit by the when water. he gets hit by the water just yeah. like ah 
And then he just continues to back out of the driveway with his hands up, not touching the steering wheel, <laughs> just completely frozen like that. And for some reason, it's just so funny to me. Yeah, they just both play it so straight. Yeah. He there's... doesn't yell. She doesn't, like, overreact. She's just like, oh. Right. Oh, maybe just a Kleenex. <laughs> she turns around, goes back to watering her it's flowers. It's very deadpan and all that. Yeah. Great scene. So Beethoven is wandering through the town. Yeah. As he wanders, you just hear this man's voice go, hi, puppy. Oh. Which was so sweet. <laughs> He's stealing food from plates. On an outdoor cafe patio. Mm-hmm. He's drinking water from the hose from the firefighters. There's a little Dalmatian there, too, which is cute. One of the firefighters says, Whoa, man, save some for the fish. Yeah. <laughs> a bakery lady waves at him through the window. And she's like, oh. And, like, points at the the treats. And, yeah. And then, like, brings one out to him. If this ain't me, dude, like, in my, like, as an old lady, just working at the bakery, seeing a dog outside and waving. Because yes. I wave to dogs all the time. I know. And then just being like, hang on. And yeah, then she, like, pulls out a pastry and is like, this one? And yeah. he barks. And she's like, okay. And she brings it. I'm just like, that's, that's the life I want to lead. It's so sweet. And the next part is even sweeter because Beethoven takes a treat and he goes around back to this dumpster where who should be living but the little Jack Russell Terrier that saved him. Yeah. And he gives him his treat. Yeah. Beethoven has friends and I'm crying about it. I (laughs) know. Beloved by the whole town. Everyone loves this dog but George Newton. I know. Get on board, George. Get on board, George. (laughs) And then he goes to the park and he shares ice cream with a kid. Yep. Which he does genuinely share it with this kid because he could eat that whole thing in one bite but he is like trying not to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the kid takes a lick, points it to Beethoven, Beethoven licks it. Like, it's just so fucking, I mean, a little unsanitary, but so fucking cute. I have definitely shared ice cream with my dog before. Oh, absolutely. So then we're at the school. A school, I guess. Bryce is watching some shirtless youths Mm -hmm. play basketball. They got like a shirts, skins thing going on here. Shirts and blouses. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) While she studies. And she's especially paying attention to this one sweaty youth named Mark. Yeah. Who, like, walks past her and she's like, hi, Mark. But he completely ignores her and goes to talk to his girlfriend. Yeah. Which is fair. I mean, he could say hi, I guess. But, you know, he has a girlfriend. Right. Yeah. He's gonna go talk to her. Yeah. He should ignore everyone else. I mean. Don't even be polite and say hello. If only her parents had not named her after a grain. Maybe she'd have friends. Or a hot boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Dad, George, Dad George, is at work at his air freshener company, which we see the outside of the building, mm-hmm. and I forgot about how there's just a giant nose yeah. on the outside of the building. Yeah, Big... the guy's brushing inside of the yes. nostrils to make sure it looks super clean Yes, for the bigwigs who are coming today. The bigwigs being Patricia Heaton from yeah. Everybody Loves Raymond. Yep. Who has huge ears, and I did not realize because I don't think I had seen her with a haircut like this before. Yeah, her ears are enormous. And her hair is very tall. Yes, and very structured. Mm-hmm. And also David Duchovny. Yep, looking like David Duchovny all the time. Yeah. Like he always looks. Yeah, in a suit with his hair slicked back. Hot. So they're the investors, and they're there smelling around. Yep. Smelling the air fresheners. Yep. Being, you know, they're being exciting. Yeah. They make a joke about their bmws yeah because he's like look at this one super popular it's new leather and they're like oh wow this is great i could put this in my beamer and she's like i could put this in my beamer and george is like we hope a lot of people could put this in their beamers but they're like but it's tacky we don't want to hang them from the rearview mirror that's tacky yeah and he's like no look it's got velcro on the back you can just stick it anywhere you can hide it and they're like george this is genius you just the thought of everything well my god well done (laughs) it's so hammy but like done well yeah and i do want to say that's a really good idea and I don't know why that's not a thing. Velcro uh-huh. air fresheners. Yeah. Because 
I don't mind to see my air freshener, but it just gets in my way sometimes. Yeah. When I'm trying to drive. Right. It's in your field of vision. Exactly. Hiding it is brilliant. At lunch, the bullies are looking for Ted. Yeah. They have found him. Yep. And they make fun of his lunch in the weirdest way. Well, in a very John Hughes way. So once you said that this was a John Hughes movie, I was like, oh, this makes sense. Because there's that scene in The Breakfast Club yeah. where John Bender is looking at Brian Johnson's lunch. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, what a nutritional lunch you have here. All the food groups are represented. Oh. Did your mom marry Mr. Rogers? And he says, <laughs> uh, n- no, Mr. Johnson. That's so, so I mean, this is not the first time that a bully has made fun of someone's lunch for being too nutritional. I know. One of the bully says, a veritable nutrition lesson. I know. Damn. Burn. This is, this is weird. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Why would you pick on his lunch? I don't know. But then they pour his milk all over it. I know. And then say, see you on the bus. Cool. Dicks. So then we see that Beethoven has arrived at the school. Yeah. Not this school. Rice's school. Yes. And like walks up to her. Yeah. And she's expecting him. Because yeah. she says, sorry, Mrs. So-and-so made me stay after. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he walks her home. Maybe. I mean, it. the school day is not over. Or she would just leave, I feel like. She didn't get on the bus, so... But, like, everybody's, like, hanging out. Yeah. And she's just kind of sitting there hanging out. Maybe. So it just seems weird that everybody... Unless all those kids are waiting for the bus and she's just there to ogle Mark. I don't know. But she, like... Or to wait for Beethoven. Sits with the dog. She has her Twinkie, her lunch out, so maybe Uh, it's lunchtime for her, too. Yeah, maybe. She's like, do you want a Twinkie? And she gives it to him. But then she's just sitting there and she just talks to Beethoven like he's a person, which I love. She's just like, see that girl? Her name's Donna Ditsworth and she's perfect. She has perfect hair and perfect teeth and she's the most popular girl in the whole school. And even Mark thinks that she's perfect. (sighs) Yeah, it's cute. But then Beethoven's like, oh, that guy? You like that guy? Watch this. (laughs) He goes and gets a stick. Yeah. And he takes it over to Mark, who was like, oh, a doggy. Yeah. And he gets... He's like, oh, do you want to play fetch? Give me the stick. Mm -hmm. And Beethoven will not relinquish the stick. Right. But he gets Mark to grab onto it and drags him over to Rice. Yeah. So then they talk for a little bit. You know, oh, is this your dog? She's like, yeah, "Yeah, his name's Beethoven. He's like, oh, what a cool name. What a cool dog. And they're like petting on him. And Mm -hmm. then he's like, all right, well, see you later, Rice. Walks away. And she's like, oh, my God. She's hugging on Beethoven. He knows my name. That's so cute. Good boy, Beethoven. Good boy. So then we see Brie and Brad, Patricia and David Duchovny, God. getting in Patricia's Beamer, which her license plate says Miss Brie on the God. front, which is, I don't know, I like them. They're so terrible, Why but are... I like how terrible they are. Oh, yeah. It's it's intentional and it's done well. Yeah. Why is everyone named after foods in this movie? I don't know. Brie and Rice. Weird. Yeah. Didn't think about it. Me either. But so they're like, hey, we really like what we've seen. David Duchovny's like, Brad is like, we smelled a lot of things, Giorgio. And this is the best. Keeps calling him Giorgio. And he's <sighs> like, so, I mean, are we, like, you like it, like, you're interested, like, you want to make a deal? And they're like, yeah, you know, we're going to crunch some numbers, we're going yeah, to draft up our... some papers, mm-hmm. and, and we'll talk to you later this week. Yeah. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao, bello. Ciao. Ciao, Giorgio. They both stick their hands out the sunroof and, like, twinkle their fingers. Ciao. Ciao. They say ciao way too many times. Yeah. But then he drives away, and George is really happy. He's like, you know, pumping his fist, mm-hmm. doing a little dance. Yeah. He made excited. the deal. Yeah. yeah. Everything seems to be great. Beethoven gets back to the house and goes in through the cellar, mm-hmm. gets a cookie from the kitchen table. Yeah, they have got to stop leaving things at dog face height. I, I mean, know. I know he can put his paws up on the counter and get pretty much whatever he wants. You can't leave stuff on the counter. You just can't leave things out. These yeah. cookies are on the corner of the table. I mean, mm. clearly like, here, dog, take one of these. But... <laughs> 
Man. And yeah, that's what you have to do. That's what I have to do when, again, Fraley stays at my house. I cannot leave the remote control anywhere that he can reach it because he will chew it up. Yeah. And remote controls are expensive and I was yeah. had to buy three. Yeah. I learned my lesson. Not fast enough. <sighs> You're not wrong. So the wheels on the bus, I mean the bullies <laughs> on the bus, are Aww. bothering Ted again. Yeah. They dump out his backpack. They take his glasses. They're like standing up and doing all this too. And I'm like, what the fuck is the bus driver doing? Uh, uh, driving, I guess. But he runs off the bus and they follow him. Yeah. Chase him down the street. Yeah. And they say, wait up, Theodore. We want to walk you home. Right. But they stop close enough to the Newton home that Beethoven can see them out the window. Mm -hmm. And they've like confronted them. Yeah. Ted's like backed up against a tree surrounded by these three dudes who are like, fake punching him to try yeah. and scare him and beethoven can see all this from the window yeah so he pushes the screen out and takes off through the window mm-hmm. and runs towards the boys but he goes like he goes around the back so he yeah. comes up behind ted and ted doesn't see him mm-hmm. but ted i'm really proud of ted yeah in a sam Parrish sort of way yeah you know ted's like fuck this because they take his glasses off his face and they're like no they can't even see you know and he just is like you know what I'm, i've had it yeah and he yeah. puts up his tiny little fists mm-hmm. and he's like come at me then yeah he's like we're gonna uh, fine let's do it yeah and right then is when beethoven comes up behind him and the bullies see beethoven and they're like oh shit he's what, like what's going his on teeth. here yeah like, he looks mean so the bullies are like, just give him his glasses back. And they give him, they're like, we're sorry, we, we didn't mean it. Oh, oh, bye. They run off. And Ted's just like, okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. So Beethoven has scared them off, but Ted doesn't see Beethoven because he sneaks away. Yeah. And he thinks that he's the one who has done it. Right. And then the next scene, we see Ted like flexing his muscles in the mirror and it's just so cute. It's so cute because he's just like, you know. Just looking, just looking at himself. I'm so tough. I scared off those boys. He's so pleased with himself. He's just I like know. grinning, and it is adorable. And I mean, we don't see these bullies again ever, no. so it truly worked. Yeah, it worked, and it makes me really happy. Yep. And then Rice is brushing Beethoven's fur in her bed mm-hmm. and telling him all of her problems. Yeah, but she's like, you know, maybe now Mark likes me better because. You know, he knows that I have a cool dog and he knows my name. And you know. Yeah, he has to at least like me a little bit more. Yeah. And he's like, do you think that he could like me, Beethoven? And Beethoven licks her face and she's like, I know you like me. Oh, so cute. Dad comes in, says goodnight. Yeah. Tells Beethoven to get out. Yep. I guess Beethoven has to sleep outside. Yeah. Poor guy. But he does have a doghouse. Yeah. And it's shouldn't be wet very often. Right. Where they live. So it's it's a pretty cool place for him to be. So this is where I... I was just like, this is the kind of shit that I wish, like, the building up of the relationship between this dog and the people in this movie yeah. is better than most romances yes. in movies. Yes. Like, there's way more reason for everyone to love this dog yeah. than for any Disney princess to love any Disney prince. Right. <laughs> yep, it's true. They just do such a good job of it in this yeah. movie. Like, all the reasons why Beethoven cares about them and they care about him. Yes. And it's so sweet. So then George and Alice are laying in bed. And George basically just says, you know, Alice, I want you to come back to work. We're expanding. It's going to get bigger. I'm going to need more people. And you said yeah. that you would, you know, maybe mm-hmm. come back to work. And she's like, I said you could have one wish for your birthday. And he's like, well, I wish you would come back to work. Yeah. Which, it doesn't seem like there's any reason. I mean, I know that they're expanding, but he could hire, hire other people, so yeah. it doesn't necessarily need to be her. So it really does seem like he likes having her there and yeah. working with her, which is nice. Again, yeah. I, I like their relationship. They seem mm-hmm. to genuinely like each other, you know. But she's like, no, you know, I like being at home with the kids when they 
get out of school. Right. It, it kind of gives us the impression that, like, they started the company together. Yeah. And then, you know, once the, they started having kids, she decided to stay home. Right. And so it is, like, both of their thing. Yeah. You know, and he's like, now that it's growing, I want you to be around, right. you know, and give input and stuff. Yeah. But I get it. I mean. No, yeah, definitely you want to be home. Be home. Yeah. <laughs> we would all rather be home. Right. She's like, I don't. And especially, yeah, for your kids, you know, that was... When I was growing up, that was my mom's thing, too, was she was like, I'm only interested in jobs where I will be home when my kids get off the mm-hmm. bus. She was like, I don't want them to just have a key and be being in the home by themselves, you know, yeah, or, or like she said, have, come home to some stranger, you know, and have to. And I feel like, too, you know, at a certain point, depending on how much money she's making at the company, if you're just turning around and paying a babysitter, like, wouldn't, right. you, wouldn't you rather just be home with your own kids? Well, and if they own it, I don't even know that she would be bringing any more money in. That's true, yeah. So they so, would be... I mean, they they would, as a collective and as a company, be bringing more money in because right. they're expanding. So, you know, they could maybe afford a babysitter, but it's just like, I would just rather be at home. And he can hire other people. Exactly. So anyway... Yeah, hire more people, not a babysitter. Exactly. <laughs> but as they're having this conversation, Beethoven has slipped out of his run again. Mm-hmm. And he <laughs> just goes into the house. Yep. Which, I guess they just leave the door open i don't know is there a doggy door it's the like cellar door that he keeps going in and out of that he can like push his way through and he just goes in to the living room and turns on the tv yeah he's like i'm just gonna go watch some tv right and he turns it on right at the right second to see on the news that there's been a 500 percent increase in pet nappings yeah i do think it's kind of weird we're about 35 minutes into the movie at this point and we have not seen or heard anything about those goons and the guy with the glasses that we encountered in the very first scene so i mean it's just kind of weird to not cut back to them at all and see what they're doing i mean we can glean now that they have been out there stealing more pets which Mm -hmm. i mean i guess makes sense but it just seems like we would maybe get one scene of them doing something together so it's kind of weird that we haven't talked to them maybe there was and they just decided to cut it yeah that's true time i don't know but and it's also like Hard to know how far apart these things are that are happening. Yeah. Like, I know Beethoven walked from where he was kidnapped to their house. Yeah. So, fees- like, you would think it wouldn't be that far, but... Well, but also, how long were they in the van? Right. Before he got yeah. out of the van? Yeah. But so, yeah, you would think that, like... It might just be local news and, you know... That pet store wasn't the local? audience would see it. Yeah. Yeah. I am in agreement with you. It's also weird that they didn't, in their search to get rid of especially george's search to get rid of beethoven did not come across this news story of this pet store being robbed well they don't have google yet maybe contact them when he reads the newspaper every morning that's true but like i said if it's a local news story and it's not local then he may not have seen it right you know yeah there's other shit going on we just don't know how close the back page how close these locations are right but alice says that she hears something downstairs Uh uh-huh where beethoven is watching the wolfman yep Yeah, he's like, it's the scene where he's turning into the wolf man and then running yeah. around as a wolf. And Beethoven is just enthralled. He's yeah. just watching this. I know, it's so cute. But George yeah. goes to check it out. Yep. The minute that he leaves the room, she gets up and adjusts the thermostat, which I just think is a tiny detail that is hilarious. Yes. But Beethoven hears George coming and uh-huh. he sneaks away before George can catch him. He turns off the TV. Beethoven heads upstairs. Yep. Sneaks around behind him. Mm-hmm. Alice has gone to check on Emily. And so she's not in the room when George comes back in the room. Yeah. He gets back into bed and Beethoven is tucked in bed next to him. I know. He's like under the covers. He's got his head on the pillow. He looks so cozy. cozy, And it is so cute. 
But so, George keeps talking. He mm-hmm. doesn't realize that Alice isn't in the room. Right. Yeah, he's just talking about, like, I don't, maybe expanding isn't the right thing, but it seems like the right thing. You know, am I making the right decisions here? I just I just want what's best for us, you know, mm-hmm. and I want to grow this company and be successful. And then he, like, kind of lays down, and he's like, man, I tell you, no matter how many showers I take, I can always smell Beethoven on me. And then we see Beethoven's little face, and he, like, opens his eyes and kind of looks around, like, <laughs> oh, wait, that's me, I'm Beethoven. <laughs> so then George says, you're so quiet over there. You're not mad at me, are you? And Beethoven rolls over under the covers and like snuggles up against his Uh back and then starts licking the back of his ear and george is like oh oh alice you drive me so crazy it's not even a saturday which is like (laughs) so silly but i'm like okay i get i get what's happening here yeah but there's a huge difference between the way a dog feels up against your back like even you know sharing a bed with a dog and the dog like laying up against you and a human being right especially a dog this size that is hot and you can hear this dog breathing right there's no way you can hot dog breath slobbery like big jowls that like are full of slime and he's like (laughs) so beethoven's like licking the back of his ear and i'm like a dog tongue and a person tongue do not feel the same come on man but he says has daddy's little girl been naughty tonight? And I'm like, this is a kid's movie. Yeah. I know. I understand the like, you know, you want it to be like, ooh, whatever. I just mm. wish he didn't say daddy's little girl. Yeah. Like and anything else naughty would have been fine. It's just like something. Yeah. Anyway. It is funny though, because he does, he keeps his arms crossed the whole time. I know. Like it isn't, besides him saying that, it's not sexy at all. Like no. they don't imply anything with even the body language. Like he has his arms crossed. Yeah, and, and he's, he's like, wearing Ooh. like full on like button up pajama shirt and pants, yeah. you know, like. But then Alice walks in the room and says, George, who are you talking to? Yeah. And George, of course, turns around, <laughs> lets it process for a second, yeah. and then yells. Yeah. And then we see him chasing Beethoven out of the house. And he he goes, how dare you? Which I think is a really funny thing to say to a dog. He says, are you crazy? Did you think you were going to get away with it? Yeah, George watches him run under the hole that he's dug to get back into the run. I know, which if Beethoven were smart, which I feel like he is, he understands a lot of things. He would have just just stood there and let him. Yeah, but he's like, oh, I really stepped in it this time. So. He gets back and he's just trying to be like, see, I'm good. I'm in, I can stay in here. I'll yeah, be in my dog house. And he's like, oh, that's how you've been getting out. Well, no more, mister. I'm putting a stop to that. And you are never getting out of there again. But he's like, you've ruined my life. I know. Which I don't think that Beethoven has. He hasn't. He's still, you know, he's, yeah, you got to buy dog food and pick up dog poop and whatever. And he's messy, but he hasn't like. He didn't knock over a big screen TV. Right. You know, he didn't chew the tires off of his car. He yeah. didn't he set the house on fire. Nobody's like, been hurt. No one has gotten hurt. He still has his job. He's been a very loving member of this family. Yeah. So it's like, he doesn't ruin your life. No, but he does say, my family likes you more than they like me. That's a you problem, George. Right. I think that's why. You need to so work on that. Yeah. <laughs> While he's standing there yelling at the dog, the sprinklers come on. Yeah. He deserved that. He deserves that. But it is also, again, he just plays it straight. It's like there's a split second where he hears them come on and he realizes what's about to happen and he yeah. doesn't try to walk away. He's just nope. like resigned to it. Yeah. Which is very funny. He just stands there and gets wet for a little bit. So then we see the park at night and the Jack Russell Terrier is hanging out with a homeless man and bringing him cans, mm-hmm. which is very cute. Yeah. He's like, oh, you did a good job, buddy. Yeah. And he goes to run off and find another can. Which has a string attached to it, and it gets, like, yanked a little ways, and he gets tossed in a net, Mm -hmm. and the goons have scooped him up. Yeah. But Harvey says, 
to Vernon. I don't like it when you tease the dogs. Yeah. And I like both of their little, like, Vernon's is, Harvey's is less of an accent and it's just like his little list. But like the way that they talk is just great. Yeah. Because yeah. Vernon says, what are you, some kind of animal lover? Yeah. And it's he, just like, he also like talks with his bottom teeth out the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> which I feel like has to be really uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, some kind of animal lover? Yeah. It's I don't great. know how he does it. I don't like when he teases the dogs. So then we're in, like, the goon boss office. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to some bald guy. And the guy has a briefcase that has a revolver in it and a bunch of bullets. And he's like, we're trying to test out this new bullet. We want you to use this revolver. And we want to know the extent of the damage at close range. Yeah. Which I'm like, just get some ballistics gel, dude. Right, or do some math. There are tests for this. Yeah, they exist. That don't involve shooting live dogs. What the fuck? But so so the bald guy's like, I trust that you can get, you know, really large breed dogs with big skulls to test this out. And Glasses is like, well, that's hard. You know, they're hard to come by. They're harder to manage. But the bald guy hands him a big fat envelope doesn't even look in it he just hands it could be stuffed with monopoly money he doesn't even know <laughs> but he hands him this big fat envelope and glasses is like okay you got it bud i think we can I think we can figure it out right yeah and i mean man they just went from george calling alice daddy's little girl to talking about shooting dogs in the brain in the span of like five minutes yeah they got real inappropriate yeah and intense mm-hmm. The bed scene was awkward for sure yeah like i said i get the joke i just wish that he had used different phrasing right. yeah but this, I don't know, it does make the stakes really high. Yeah. Which I I do like that. It's true. It's just intense. Right. And we never see any dogs get actually hurt, thankfully. Yeah. But yeah, just the idea of what this guy is about to do is like, oh. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. So then we're at the vet's office. Uh-huh. Who is the vet? It's the scary glasses man. Oh, no. Why is he a vet? I don't know. He's a terrible person. <sighs> He checks his chart, and once you know it, there's a St. Bernard in his exam room right now. Oh, and, yeah. With yeah. its big old skull. It's Beethoven, of course. Yeah. Beethoven's there for his shots, mm-hmm. but Glasses, whose name is Dr. Varnick, suggests maybe leave him overnight for observation, which yeah. is sus. But yeah. of course, George is like, well, he's annoying, so I would love that. Just one day without this dog in my house. Yeah. So George is like, yeah, great. But the kids are like, dad, no, he's scared. He just wants to go home. Let's just let him get his shots and take him home. Right. And I know that not everyone goes to the vet as often as I do. Right. With my nine pets. Right. But this is just not how vets behave. No. Like, and they don't know. They haven't had a dog before. Right. But so, also, this is not the first time that this dog has been taken to the vet. No. But maybe Surely. Alice took him before. Yeah. But, yeah, suggesting to keep him overnight after he gets a rabies shot is just, like, so out of the question. Yeah, insane. Like, yeah. he'll be a little bit sleepy. Maybe. He's huge. Maybe. And that's it. Yeah. But so, Dr. Varnick says, "Can George, can I speak to you in private as the vet tech comes in? Mm-hmm. But right before he leaves, Rice is like, are they going to hurt Beethoven? And George says, nothing can hurt Beethoven. But we see as the nurse is preparing this shot, Beethoven, like, sees it. It's the little, like, dog puppet that they use every once in a while to get, like, really expressive shots Mm -hmm. of his face. And his eyes get really wide. And then we see him just, like, faint in the background, which is really funny. Poor buddy. Yeah, the dog puppet that they use is silly, but it's, like... They they it's, do it really well. Yeah. Because they only do, like, really tight shots yeah. to get the very specific expressions or very far away shots. Right. So that you don't, you know, you're yeah. not taken out of it too much. Exactly. 
So yeah. the doctor and George are talking, mm-hmm. and Dr. Varnick wants to know if he's noticed anything weird about his dog. Yeah. And George says, ha ha, well, he's destroyed my life. Uh-huh. And Dr. Varnick thinks he's joking. <laughs> yeah. But they have the awkward, like, laugh for a minute. Yeah, George is like, I wish I was kidding. Yeah. He has such an evil voice. I know. The doctor. Can you do it? No. It's just kind of scratchy. It's so low and scratch. Like, he sounds like a bad guy. Yeah. Don't trust this man. No. Well, Dr. Varnick says, St. Bernard's have been severely overbred, and recently they've been attacking people without warning. Right. He's like, I've had to put down so many of these animals in the last six months because we just keep seeing, like, no provocation, no no provocation, no, yeah, no warning. They just bite, like, out of nowhere. Yeah. And he's like, I only say this because you have, you have children, yeah. you know, and I just want them to be safe. So cut back to being back at home. Yeah. We see that the kids are playing with Beethoven in the sprinkler, mm-hmm. which is adorable. Yep. And George and Alice are talking, and George is like, the vet said, you know, he could just attack out of nowhere. And yeah. And Alice is like, Beethoven would never do that. Yeah. And George says, a single snarl. Uh-huh. Any sign of weirdness, uh-huh. and he's gone. Uh-huh. And Alice says, weirdness? Like what, George? He's wearing my clothes around the house? <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty tight. This is how you do this exposition scene yeah a btw right because we already heard the conversation Mm -hmm. we don't need to hear the conversation being explained to alice we just jump in the middle where she says beethoven's ever hurt anybody that's ridiculous right yeah because it's the logical progression you know we already heard it right now we're hearing the next part right you don't have to be like she's she doesn't have to be like slow down george tell me again what the vet said right they just do it really well anyway yeah yeah and this is it it sucks because, again, they've never had a dog. Right. They are inherently going to trust a doctor. Right. But, you know, you've spent all this time around him. Like, you should trust yourself more than, you know. Right. At the very least, call up a different vet. Right. Get a and second And just be opinion. like, hey, does this sound right to you? You know, is this a thing that happens? Where mm-hmm. is this something I should be worried about? You know, whatever. It's just, I, if my that told me that like yeah your dog might bite you at any minute i'm just be like this dog i mean one that's true of any dog yeah. at any time yeah you know absolutely. if they're feeling bad about something or if you scare them or whatever a dog could bite you at any time yeah your cat could attack you for no reason when you walk by him in the hallway <laughs> who knows <laughs> but it, yeah it's just trust yourself trust this dog yeah that you know and love and has been in your house you know yeah and totally hangs out with your kids all the time and if it is an issue there are always other solutions yeah I mean, he has not. Su- he has not yet suggested. Well, he did kind of vaguely suggest putting the dog down. Yeah, because he's, he's like, I've had, had to put, to put a put bunch it. of dogs down. But maybe those were dogs that already bit people. Well, Who knows? They weren't. Right. Or probably didn't even exist. Them. Anyway, uh, this is another scene though where I'm just like, the kids are running through the sprinkler in their bathing suits, and George and Alice are wearing sweaters on top of long sleeve shirts, and I don't know what temperature it is. No idea. Like, even if you're just like, well, it's just a movie. I'm like, but these human beings had to film this movie and aren't some of them sweaty or some yeah, of them cold? I absolutely. don't understand. I know. I know. I kept looking for people being sweaty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the kids are getting a babysitter. Yep. To imply Alice is going back to work. Yeah. The babysitter's name is Devonia. Yes. Alice is wearing a suit and heels. Yeah. She looks real cute. Yeah. Her outfit is super cute. Yeah. Um, And they're, you know, she's talking to the kids while they're... On their way to the babysitters. You know, I I don't need a babysitter. You know, hey, it's this fine. Is silly. Yeah, She's but... like, she says, there's no reason for all of us to go into this with a bad attitude. Yeah. Which is a really cool way of putting it. You know, like, hey, we, we all got to do this. So let's at least try and be positive yeah, about it. Yeah, let's give it a shot. She's she... a really good mom. I know. I, I like her a lot. Yeah. 
Devonia seems nice. Mm. Although she's very eccentric and a little overbearing. Yeah. Know, she's very loud in both volume and appearance. She's got huge <laughs> curly orange hair yeah. and like a blue embroidered shirt and then like bright flowery leggings and yeah. too much makeup and, you know, huge sparkly jewelry. She's just a lot yeah, as a person. She looks like uh, Madame Medusa. Yeah, a little bit. From the rescuers. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe a little friendlier. Well, yeah, but just her look. Like, if you animated her, that's what she would look like. Yes. Yeah. And she's explaining, you know, we're going to have a great time. Maybe we'll sing some songs. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll just, it'll be chill. Yeah. And Alice says goodbye and heads on to work. Yep. And then we cut to Beethoven, who's like in his run and very restless. And we see that George has piled a bunch of rocks and pebbles Mm -hmm. and logs in the corner where he dug a hole <laughs> yeah so that he cannot get out through that hole or dig a new one yeah and he's whining about it yeah back at newton auto air fresheners mm-hmm. they're having a meeting george and alice are there with brie and brad and brad says we want to get in bed with newton auto air fresheners yep poor alice looks so uncomfortable yeah there's nowhere for her to sit everyone else is sitting and she's just kind of hovering awkwardly yeah George shakes hands with both of them as they talk about the deal. Nobody shakes hands with her. Yeah, she sticks her hands out yeah. to them and they just completely ignore her. And uh-huh. she just kind of pulls it back in and is like, okay. And they say, let us take you out to dinner. Bree says, are there any good restaurants in this burg? Mm-hmm. But Alice is like, why don't you just come over to our house? Yeah. We can barbecue. Yeah. Bree's like, Haha, barbecue. Well, I guess we can live dangerously. And George is like, I mean... It's not, our food isn't dangerous. Yeah, our food may not be good, but it's certainly not dangerous. Ha 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 ha. Brad says, I hope it's better than this espresso. <laughs> the subtitles say forced laughter. <laughs> which I don't think you even need subtitles for that because you can see it on their face. <laughs> so awkward. Uh. So Devonia is singing Moulin Rouge while the kids are doing their homework. Yes, you remembered this pretty much word for us down to the song. Yeah. Met Mama La down in old New Orleans. Yeah, you are a much better singer than she is. Strutting her stuff on the street. Emily has wandered into the backyard Mm -hmm. with her big bouncy ball. Mm -hmm. Beethoven can sense that this is happening. Yeah, he just knows something is wrong. You see it on his face. He's pacing. He's just like sniffing. He's looking around. Mm -hmm. He He needs to get out of there. Nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Emily has dropped her ball and it it fell in the pool. Uh huh. And she's just trying to like reach down and grab it, but she falls in. Yep. And Beethoven is distraught because he knows something is wrong. He gets the gate open and he books it to Devonia's house, jumping over a sunbathing lady on the way. (laughs) Yeah, and some hedges. Leaps into the pool to come to Emily's rescue. Yeah. It's very sweet. It is. She is like screaming for help, but they can't hear over Devonia's terrible rendition of Moulin Rouge. Right. And she is like so small and Beethoven comes in and doesn't even like scruff her he like just gets under her and yeah. she grabs around his neck it's yeah. just very it's sweet yep you know he licks her face and she says i love you too yeah and then so she says cute. thanks beethoven you saved my life but you better go home now mom said to stay in the backyard yeah so he leaves and rice and teddy at this moment like turn and emily is just like sopping wet sitting on the corner of the pool and she just sadly like waves at them <laughs> well I, the first time i watched it i thought she was waving at them but i think she was waving at beethoven oh, to be okay. like bye beethoven yeah but they just see her just sitting there waving like hello i'm in the pool <laughs> she looks just bedraggled and sad i know so they they're like oh my god emily's in the pool and devonia says the pool she's not supposed to be out there and they all go running out there 
They're hugging her and she's crying. You know, she's like, I fell in. Yeah. I thought I was going to die. I mean, she was going to. Yeah. Honestly. So scary. I know. But Devonia is like, well, we don't want you to get into trouble. So this will just be our little secret. Right. Don't tell your parents. Yeah. She immediately tries to blame it on Emily. You would get in trouble yeah. if people heard, you know, if they found out about us. So let's not tell her. Mm-hmm. She says, are you trying to get me in trouble? And then she says, we don't want you to get in trouble. Yeah. You can see Ted and Rice behind Emily just with their arms crossed, faces grumpy. They are not having this no. immediately. And it's great. Yeah, they they have her back for sure, which is nice. Rice kind of shoves Emily out of the way. I know a I don't bit. think that she meant to do it that hard, but she like <laughs> hip checks yeah. her out of the way to get in Devonia's face and say, "I would like to call my mother immediately." Your mother. <laughs> so Alice immediately comes to get the kids. Yeah, Devonia is trying to blame Emily. For right, because Alice is like, "Where were you when all this was happening?" And Devonia is like, "Well, I was inside where I was supposed to be." I was inside where I was supposed to be. I was watching the other kids. If Emily had stayed where I put her, then this none of this would have happened. She sounds just like Mike TV's mom. She would call that unharmed. <laughs> <laughs> but Alice fires her. Good. Good. She's like, what these kids need is a little discipline. And she's like, oh, what these kids need is their mother. You're fired. Goodbye. Yes. <laughs> and again, they do the good expose moment. Mm-hmm. Where we just cut to George being like, hey, just because that babysitter was bad doesn't mean all babysitters are bad. Right. While they're, like, getting dinner ready. He has a point. Yes. But also, Alice is right. Yeah. To be like, look, no, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. That was a terrible idea. I feel really bad about it. Mm -hmm. You know, she probably blames herself a little bit because she agreed to go back to work. And, you know, so Emily got in harm's way. In fact, we know that because she says it later. Mm -hmm. She's like, if I hadn't been at work, Emily wouldn't have fallen in the pool. Right. So she says, no. I mean, she... You can see, we can tell, you know, up to this point, she lets George get away with being in charge for most of the time. He makes a lot of the decisions. You know, she makes her kids get up at 7 a.m. on a Saturday because dad says so. But, you know, it's good for them. It's whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But on this one, she's put, she puts her foot down Mm -hmm. and she's like, absolutely not. Well, I mean, you know. Over my dead body, she says. Yeah. She went to work. It sucked. Yeah. Her kid almost drowned. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a lot of signs that she just should be home with her kids. Yes. They don't need her to go to work. Right. So Brad and Bree are out in the backyard. Uh Uh-huh. Being stared at by all three children. Yes. Ted wants to know if they have kids. Yeah. And they're like, (laughs) we have a career. Yeah. So they leave. Yeah. Brad and Bree call them brats and Mm. monsters but then brad says if we pull this off in six months we'll own newton auto air fresheners but beethoven hears this yeah he is listening he perks his little ears up Uh uh-huh big ears brad he has giant ears i bet you they're so soft yeah brad pulls the contract out and like hands it to brie he's like touch it she's like ooh, it's very like they're just so campy and like great yeah but awful they're campy and sinister and yeah yeah, their dynamic really reminds me of Team Rocket from yeah. Pokemon. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, they're evil, but like campy. Super campy and always getting top. hurt. Yeah. Never yeah. succeeding in their evil deeds. Right. Goofy. That's fair. So Alice brings out some vegetables. Uh-huh. They sit down. George is looking over the contract. And Alice is like, you going to sign that? Like, right here? Yeah. Right now? Brad, like, kind of interrupts her. Calls her Alicia. Which, like, they both are like, it's Alice. And he's like, right, sorry. He says, can I have a refill, please? Yeah, hands her his glass. Makes the most pouty face, which she's like, okay. But she does take <laughs> it over to, like, the little table where she has the lemonade. She fills it up, 
puts some of it in her mouth and spits it back into it and then like brings it to him which i was like hell yeah alice <laughs> she's just like fuck this dude i hate him so i was very proud of her in that moment yeah she but she hands him his drink and she tries again she says george let's not do this right now let's have some food and look over it yeah you know like let's take our time read it together maybe yeah but brie interrupts again brad like kind of elbows brie and she interrupts she's like alice tell me about your dog and alice goes well he's a dog <laughs> which i was like hell yeah i just god she's so good so Bree is like, he sure is, and gets up and goes over to where, because Beethoven is like clipped on his leash mm-hmm. to a stake in the yard so yeah. that he's like present, but not in the middle in, of everything. Yeah. yeah. And she's like petting him and she's like baby talking to him in the most obnoxious way. Yeah. And then is like, I, you want to come over here with your mommy and daddy? I bet you do. And she unclips him mm. and takes him over to the table. Right. And then just kind of lets him go. Yeah. But she's like, I just love these big dumb animals and she's petting his face and doggy woggy baby baby baby. That's disgusting. Yeah. She says, I just love these big dumb animals and Alice says, I bet you do. Bet you do. And then Alice tries for a third time to stop George from signing this contract. She says, honey, are you sure you want to signy whiny that right now? <laughs> and he's like, it's all the standard stuff, babe. You know, like I've read over it. It's all, it's all here. It's all the, everything we talked about already. Right. And Brie interrupts her again, knocks over her glass and breaks it. And she's like, oh, Alice, I'm so sorry. And Alice is like, oh, let me get it. I wouldn't want you to break a nail. Right. Yeah. So she's cleaning it up. Yeah. While all this is going on, Beethoven is just winding his way around their table and chairs. Yes. He sticks his nose under George's hand, like, as he's about to sign Uh to stop him from doing it. And George is, like, trying to shoo him away. Brad is being really pushy yeah he's no, like just sign right there just right any, by the right by the arrow there any problem Giorgio? Yeah. Any, anything wrong come on man what's the hold up like it's could they could not be more obvious that they're like yeah evil yeah like, be chill about it if they were any more obvious they'd be wilson croft <laughs> i'm petty and corrupt <laughs> yeah man we get it so we get a shot of alice inside while she's like throwing away the pieces of the broken glass and she's like yeah you sure made a shitty impression out there with those people and all the kids are like oh no i'm gonna cry all night about Whoa, it we don't care yeah and alice is like well listen i don't like them either but this is really important for your dad and his company so let's you know try and make nice at yeah. least but emily just says i hope beethoven slimes that lady's dress <laughs> i'm like yeah girl me too it is cute, and it's cute that they have this open communication like this. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Alice is fully willing to admit, like, look, I don't like him either, but it is important. So yeah. let's maybe talking to herself just as much as the kids, because she's the one who has to go back out there. Honestly. So she's like, let's just play nice. Yep. So we go back outside. Alice is like, what did I miss? And Brad's like, nothing. George was just about to sign mm. on that line. Come mm. on, Giorgio, let's get to it. But then Beethoven starts bugging him yeah he goes and starts bothering brad to get him to fucking shut up right he's like get lost you mutt and he tosses this stress ball that he's been squeezing really far and says i pitched in college and i had to take a moment (laughs) of just like oh david duchovny playing baseball anyway (laughs) (laughs) so anyway Beethoven takes off running after the ball, and because he has been winding himself around the table and chairs, uh-huh. he takes the table and chairs with him, uh-huh. as well as Bree and Brad. Yeah. And Alice doesn't try to save any of them. She just grabs a plate of vegetables. Yes. I love her so much. She's just like, whoop. Anyway. So B&B get pulled over a fence. Yeah. And do a bunch of somersaults. Yep. And land perfectly. Yeah, they their chairs land, and they land in them, and then the table lands in front of them, and they're just kind of, like, dazed a little bit. But then George is like, Beethoven, 
what are you doing? Stop. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing? And this like gets him all worked up. So he t- takes off running again. Yep. Just drags him yeah. even further. Yes. It's very like super over the top mm-hmm. and like goofy. You know, they, yeah, they do somersaults while they're still in their chairs. Right, like, yeah. But it's like, it's so much fun that it doesn't even matter. Yeah. So then later that night, mm-hmm. we see George sitting outside pouting. Yeah. Because we have to assume that this, this deal probably didn't go through. Ruined the deal, yeah. And he says, I really don't like our dog. Yep. And Alice says, well, I really don't like those people. Yep. All the kids are, like, listening from the kitchen. Yeah. Alice goes on to say, she's like, I know it isn't up to me, mm-hmm. but I don't think that we need to expand. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm staying on with the kids. Yep. You'll be fine. Don't worry. You'll make a fortune. And me and the kids will be here in the shadows. Yeah. And this is where she says, you know, our kid almost drowned in a pool today because we took them to a babysitter and I wasn't home with them. Yeah. You know, that never would have happened if I hadn't been at work with you. And I mean, yeah, we saw the way that Brad and Bree treated her. You know, she's like, those people insulted your children. Yeah. They were rude to me. They Mm -hmm. ignored me. They insulted your dog, you know, like they were rude to everyone and Mm -hmm. you're still like on their side and, you know, not siding with your family in this situation. Yeah. And And he kind of tries to blame it on Beethoven again. Yeah. He's he's like, like, everything was fine until Beethoven showed up. Right. He's like, all of a sudden I'm a lousy husband and a lousy father. You know, that's how you see me. And none of this, you know, was happening before Beethoven showed up and this is all his fault. And Alice is like, look. Beethoven's the only one who stood up to Brad and Bree. Yeah. I am very proud of him because yeah. he's the he, only one that gave them the ride they deserve. Yes. She says, which I love. Yes. And Beethoven is listening to all of this. Yeah. And then George says, my dreams are going down the drain and you're worried about a dog. Mm-hmm. That Alice counters and says, your family is going down the drain and you're worried about a dream. Bum, bum, bum. Got him. She goes inside and the kids run away very quickly yeah. so they don't get caught listening at the door. So it's the next day, and we see the kids are sneaking down the stairs. Yes. Emily is not good at being quiet, but they get down the stairs. Yeah. Ted covers her mouth from behind and just picks her up yeah. and, like, takes her. So we get this little montage of them trying to do their best to take care of Beethoven themselves. It's very cute. Yes. They're feeding him. <laughs> Emily feeds him, and she just empties the entire, like, 30-pound bag of dog food on the floor. Yep. Which they I'm give sure him. Just cleans up. It's fine. Oh, for sure. Ted takes him on a walk. Mm-hmm. They all give him a bath. Yep. To be fair, they should have been doing this the whole time. Yeah. Their their argument for wanting to keep the dog was: you always say that we should be more responsible, and then they didn't do any of this, and their yeah. parents didn't make them. Right. I think that's the problem. Yeah. Is that their parents didn't make? Them. Yeah. Their kids. They're not going to do it if they don't have to. I, but their ki- their parents should have been making them. Do I it. know that they don't show it, but I almost wonder if george isn't the type of parent that would be like i'll just do it because you won't do it right anyway yeah i mean they show him like cleaning up mud or poop from the carpet while the kids are like playing with beethoven and feeding popcorn like during that montage and so i mean yeah in that moment it should have been he looks very exasperated but it's like your kids should be doing this yeah just tell your kids to do it you're the parent yeah yeah anyway anyway they're making breakfast for their dad too Mm -hmm. and it's very sweet yeah. He comes downstairs. Yeah. Beethoven is wearing a big bow. Yes. And he looks so shiny and clean. Yes. Like he definitely has been thoroughly groomed and looks beautiful. George sits down at the table and the kids surround him mm-hmm. making their case for keeping the dog. They're like, we'll do everything from now on. Don't even worry about it. Yeah. Ted we've... is wearing an entire suit. I know. Emily and Rice are wearing dresses. They've like, they're like, we've divided up all the chores. We know who's going to take care of what from now on. Like you, you mm-hmm. don't have to do it. You know, Beethoven's a really good dog. Yeah. And he's just like, okay, yeah, I see. 
I see what's going on here. Yeah. Emily says, I dropped some shell in the eggs. <laughs> so chew carefully, Dad. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> great. <laughs> so then we see the kids up in what I assume is Ted's room. Yeah. Playing video games mm-hmm. together. Well, Ted and Rice are playing. Emily's just kind of like dicking around, poking stuff, looking out the window, you know, touching a bunch of things. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Varnick has showed up at their house. He's like, you know, with animals that are as big as Beethoven, I really like to do follow-up visits. And it's like, that's not how this that works. That doesn't work. But You're not a... does not come to your house. No. No. Never. Alice... Weird. ...is like, okay. Takes him out to where Beethoven is, like, in his little run and mm-hmm. leaves him out there. Yeah. Dr. Eyeballs <laughs> rips his sleeve, puts yeah. a bunch of fake blood all over his arm and all over Beethoven's face. Yeah. And he says... This will do a great service for mankind or something stupid Some, Yeah, like this is that. a great benefit for mankind or whatever. He says, this is going to hurt you way more than it hurts me, but it, it will be a ba- great benefit for mankind. And I'm like, what? You're sealing bullets? him to test bullets? Yeah. What? And we not even those. like war bullets, which you could <laughs> maybe argue. Yeah, if you're like a huge patriot who thinks that murdering other people is like beneficial right. or whatever. You could make the national security. But this is a small revolver. Right. That does a lot of messy damage. It is not... It, it doesn't do anything no. but kill messily, which right. is not something that you need to test out. Unless the man who needs the gun tested is the man who invented Monster of the Week, and he doesn't know how to categorize the weapon. <laughs> Handheld. Yeah. Messy. Close, messy, loud, probably. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, while this is happening, Emily is watching from the upstairs window. Yeah. So Dr. Varnick puts the puts the blood I argue it might even be real blood. He is a vet after all. Yeah, and a psychopath. Yes. So he puts the blood all over his forearm mm. where he's like cut open his sleeve, puts some on Beethoven's face, puts some on his own face, it's yeah. on his hands and stuff. And then he starts hitting Beethoven in the face. Yeah. And it's like, Come on, you stupid mutt, you know, come at me. Yeah, and, and Emily so, sees all this and starts yelling. Yeah. Yeah. And Beethoven finally jumps on him. Yeah. But even then, like, they're just kind of play wrestling. You know, mm. you can tell Beethoven's not trying to hurt him. No. they're Yeah, he's just getting him riled up. Yeah. But then so Alice finally sees it. George and Alice run outside. And Beethoven stops attacking right. Dr. Varnick. Yeah. And, you know, they're like, oh, my God, are you okay? You know, Alice is, like, wrapping a towel around his arm. Like, mm. oh, are you? what happened? You know, and he's like, I don't know. He just came at me. And Emily's right. like, you're a liar. I saw it happen. You were hitting Beethoven in the face. Yep. And Dr. Varner's like, why would I hit him? Maybe I patted him a little bit too hard. But, oh, you know, I was God. just trying to see if he was okay. Patted him on the head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> why would I hit your dog? Yeah. And, like, I understand in the moment. Ten, you know tensions are high emotions are high you see this man covered in blood and sure you would be like oh, holy shit i'm so sorry right you clearly know. this blood came from somewhere right you would think yeah but this guy is so fucking sus as hell i know like from where i am sitting it just seems very obvious right and alice did put a towel on his forearm and i feel like you're gonna be like do you want to know how bad it is yeah should we call an ambulance yeah. should i call 911 can you drive yourself should i drive you to the hospital do you need whatever so you're going to be looking at it and you would see that there is not blood coming from anywhere yeah there's no new blood happening yeah there's no new blood happening there's there <laughs> there's but no new blood george is walking him out to his car cuz he's like it's fine i don't need to go to the hospital i'll take care of it which fair he's a doctor i guess but sure the doctor says once an animal has attacked, he'll do it again, which, again, is not science. 
No. And he turns to him and he says, Mr. Newton, we have a real problem here. You have to bring him to the office or I'll be forced to press charges. That's not how this works. I mean, that's not how the law works. No. You know, like, one, he could still press charges. He could put his dog down. Yeah. And press charges. So to say, like, you have to bring your dog to me, to my office, and let me put him down or I will be forced to press charges is just a really sus way of doing it. Like, why do you want to put my dog down so badly? Why are you trying to convince me to put my dog down? Why did you come out here just to get attacked? Why are you at my house? My dog was fine. I would have called you if anything had happened. You know, Mm -hmm. if you were truly a concerned vet about your dogs getting rabies shots, which is weird because as a vet, you should know that they're fine. Yeah. Just call. Yeah. Call their house and be like, hey, just wanted to check. See how your dog's doing real quick. My vet send me follow-up texts to be like, how's it going since this check-in? Sure. Yeah. That's that's fine. You know, if you really want to check in, make sure, hey, I just want to see how you're doing, how everything's going. You don't show up at their house and no. then ask to be left alone with their dog. It's just weird. Yeah, it's very weird. And you know what? Fuck this guy in his fucking Porsche. I know. As he I drives him. away. I know. So all the kids are crying in a pile. Yeah. On their parents' bed. Yeah. That my heart. I know. And she's holding all of them. Like right. their mom, you know, is holding all of them yeah. in the middle. And we hear Emily say... You know, dad's not going to believe us that Beethoven didn't attack that man because dad hates Beethoven. He's always hated Beethoven, mm-hmm. which is sad. And George, he he goes to walk into the room and he just like turns around and leaves. Yeah, he and Alice make eye contact and she kind of makes a face at him, but she doesn't say anything and he walks away. Yeah. And then he goes and gets Beethoven mm-hmm. and puts him in the car. Doesn't tell the kids. And drives away with him. And they're chasing him down the street, yeah. trying to get him to stop. Yeah, yelling at him. <sighs> the music is so intense at this point. Yeah. I'm so sad when they're running after him. I know. I had I didn't cry yet. <laughs> <laughs> but in the car, we do get a little bit of explanation. Yeah. He's talking to Beethoven, finally. Mm-hmm. And he tells him that... His dad put his childhood dog down, and he was so upset about it. And he's like, I know you don't believe me, but I don't want to do this either. Right. But here I am doing it. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to fault him. You know, we have all the information. Right. But it is hard to fault him, because this man who he supposed, you know, he thinks that he can trust, this veterinarian, has told him, you know, this has been happening recently. I've seen this a lot. Where dogs, seemingly docile, super friendly family dogs have been attacking their owners with no provocation. And once it happens once, you know, it happens, it just like unleashes whatever, whatever. It happens again. And then presumably their dog with no provocation has attacked this man. Now they do have their smallest child being like, no, I saw him hitting Beethoven in the face. Right. Which you should really take into account. Yeah. But then he's saying, you know, I got to press charges. It's a lot of scary things happening at once. Yeah, absolutely. And he's just trying to protect his children. And if he I thinks do wish that he would slow down. Yes. And give it some thoughts. Yes. But But if he thinks that this giant dog who, you know, when it's friendly, like this is a big fucking dog. And if that dog decided it wanted to hurt one of those children, it would. It would. Yeah, yeah there'd be no stopping it. Right. So, I mean, get it. But like, look at this dog's face in your back seat. I know. You know, even the second, you know, this dog was attacking this man, the second that you ran out there, he stopped. Right. And is wagging his tail. Yeah. And is looking at you, you know, and like playing with this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not an animal that is out to hurt anyone. No. This reminds me of a couple of weeks ago when my my dog managed to get out of my yard and yeah. the neighbor had to 
put her back in the yard and then text right. my landlord to be like, this dog is aggressive, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was like, no, she's not. Yeah. How did you get her back in my yard? Yeah. She wasn't even wearing a collar. You know, there wasn't anything for you to grab onto. She listened to you and went back in the yard is what mm. happened. Right. And she's a pit bull mix. So it's not even like, you know, if Agnes ran out into the, she's very, you could hang on to her scruff. She's right, got yeah. a lot of like loose, flappy skin. Yeah. <laughs> Cricket does not. No. There is no grabbing onto this dog unless you fully pick her up. Yeah. Or she just went into her own yard like because she was told like, because hey, she's a good dog. Yeah, go back in the yard. Right. With her entire back half wagging the whole time. <laughs> I know it. I wasn't even there and I can see exactly how this went down. So it'd be like, the dog was aggressive. Like, no, she's loud and she's friendly and she's yeah. a little bit like in your face Absolutely. with her friendliness. Yeah. But she's not aggressive. She's not aggressive. So that's why I'm like, I know that George doesn't like Beethoven. Right. But he should know. Yeah. You know your dog. Yeah. I mean, if my dog bit someone, I'd be like, what did you do to yeah. the person? Yeah. You I've probably deserved it. heard her growl. No. You're probably evil. Yep. <laughs> anyway. So anyway, we get to the vet's office. Dr. Varnick is bandaging up his arm, which I know that he's trying to make it look real, but I'm like, that's so much bandages for a fake injury. He's so smug. You know, he's just like, I know this is hard, Mr. Newton, but you're doing the right thing and you're protecting your family. And he's just like, like, fuck off, dude. Yeah, George is like, I'm so sorry. And he's like, oh, 37 stitches. Yeah. Like, you, this happened like 15 minutes ago. You did not go to the hospital. You full of shit. He just had a different vet sew him up. I guess. Was he he counting the stitches the whole time? Yeah. He asks (laughs) George if he wants to keep his collar and his tags. He's like, some people want to keep those, you know, and George is like, yeah, sure. And he's like, well, here, you you take them off and you put this lead on him because I've got a bad wing. And I'm like, he knows, man. It just fucking happened. Right. He, hasn't he understands forgotten. that you're injured. That's also, why if you're that injured. You shouldn't be at work today. He's here. No. <laughs> and George gets down on his knees mm-hmm. to take Beethoven's collar off and put the new, you know, like slip lead over his head and tells him he's sorry and says, you know, you were my dog, too. Yeah. I was like, excuse me. I know. It got me. George. He's so sad. He's so sad. In this moment. Yeah. But he goes to leave. Mm-hmm. He goes to the front desk lady, and she says, we're going to have to bill you for overnight boarding because the lethal injection guy isn't in today. Yeah. Which is just like, this office sucks. Like, yeah. He has to put his dog down. Like, no one has any compassion in this whole building. No. Because even the doctor's like, do you want his collar? Some people like that. And then this lady's like, oh, the guy that kills dogs isn't here today. We're going to have to charge you for boarding. Yeah. Like, what? Should we just bill you? Yeah, this is definitely where I'm like, there has to be another vet in town. Go get a second opinion. Right. Please. Every dog in the lobby looks at George and then looks away. Yeah. It's really sad. And then George gets home and his whole family is sitting at the table with like an entire loaf of bread turned into toast. It's just like the universal sign for like a meal has happened here and is done now. But I'm like, there's so much bread on the table. Yes. But anyway, he walks in the room. Everybody looks at him and leaves. Yeah. And as she's leaving, Emily calls him dog killer. (sighs) Which hurts. So the evil guys are being evil. Oh, what? The evil guys are being evil. Weird. Vernon and Harvey and Dr. Big Eyes are loading Beethoven into the van, like, mm-hmm. outside of the vet's office. And yeah. Vernon is like, this dog will be great for the animal experiments. Right. Which I'm like, I I mean, I'm hoping that you guys get caught, but damn, have some discretion. A little more subtly, maybe. With your illegal activity. Yelling 
I know. Dr. Varnick's like, take the dog to the warehouse and I will follow you there. It's like, Jesus Christ, why don't you just call the cops while you're on the way? The doctor's like, all right, get everything ready and I'll be there in the morning and we'll do all this. Yeah. So they're back at Dandy Pets or whatever. Yeah. Drag Beethoven in. Mm-hmm. The music gets really intense. Yeah. But then Beethoven sees his Jack Russell friend. Yeah. And the music gets really hopeful. Yeah. And it's really sweet. It is. And then Harvey is like... <laughs> Can we eat now? Yeah. And Vernon's like, yeah, man, what do you want? And he's like, mm, a chef salad. <laughs> That's so goofy. I know, it's cute. It is very cute. He's like a person. This is like, these are the best goons that we have seen in so long. They're really great. Like, they're in the movie just enough. Uh-huh. They still have, like, personalities. Like, yep. they still get, you know, some character Yeah, they seem them. to like each other. Yeah. Unlike other goons that, like, hate each other. And you're like, why do you work together? You know, they're always yeah. putting each other down. But they're like, yeah, man, are you hungry? And he's like, yeah, I'm hungry. He's like, what are you, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? <laughs> I want a chef salad. A <laughs> chef salad. It's just, it's really cute uh, in this moment that is very not cute. But back at home where it's sad and quiet. Yeah. George asks Alice if he did the wrong thing. Yeah, they're sitting on the back porch. George is still holding Beethoven's collar. I know. Which really hurts my heart you know he's just hanging on to it and he's like he wants to know you know did i do the right thing i'm yeah. just trying to Dur- trying to take care of my family care of my family yeah. but again he keeps making these decisions and then asking later am i doing the right thing and it's right. like maybe you should seek and take in her input before you do the thing mm-hmm. george and she says i don't know right but beethoven made our house real yeah he put the dents in it. Yeah. Ugh, <laughs> 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 uh, it's awful. And then she says something not very nice. But she fair. says, "Yeah." She says, "I hope you did it for the right reasons. You know, with pure intentions that you were. I hope it was just to protect the children. Yeah. And not because you wanted to save the carpet or sell more air fresheners." And he gets really mad. You know, he's like, "That's not fair." Yeah. Because I think he's. You know, he's realized in the la- look it into Beethoven's eyeballs and knowing what was going to happen to him that, you know, he really, truly does love this dog, even right. though yeah. he's a hassle and a lot, mm-hmm. you know, so he gets upset and he's like, no, this wasn't, this has nothing to do with carpet and air fresheners and everything to do with the fact that I'm a worried that this dog is going to bite one of our kids in the face. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but and she's like, this does not sit right with me. Something yeah. They keep talking weird. about what happened and she's like, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You Why know? would like, he bite that guy? Yeah. And she says, maybe instead of listening to some guy that we've met twice in our lives, let's actually listen to our own children. Yes. Yeah. Alice, yes. Which, again, like, I feel like, sure, there there are definitely some logical leaps in this movie. But for right. the most part, it does feel like everything makes sense. Yeah. Nothing feels forced for the sake of drama. Yeah. Or, like, the plot. Because I do feel like this is absolutely what would happen next, you yeah. know? There isn't any, like, forced dramatic irony. Yeah. You know, like, she's sitting there and she's like, you know what? This doesn't make sense. And I want to look into it more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we have to, now that, now that the, like, the adrenaline and the moment has died down and we can sit here and think about it, you know, we need to think about what Emily said. Yeah. Why would she lie about this? Yeah, she's like, she's never lied about an adult before. Yeah. There's no reason for her to make that up. Yeah. And she's very upset. Yeah. So. And she, I mean, she's right. She's a little kid. She's not going to invent Right. That the doctor smacked the dog. You know, right. She wouldn't think of that. Exactly. Yeah. So she's like, we need to go down there and find what's going on. Yep. So they're leaving the house and all the kids are like, we're coming to. burst out of the doors because they've been listening again. Yes. And they're like, we're we're all going. And he's like, okay. 
And I also love that all these siblings get along, too. Yes. It's not classic, like, none of the siblings. I mean, they fight over the bathroom. Right. And that's it. Yeah. They but take it, care of each other. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. As siblings, you're allowed to fight each other, but they also take care of each other, yeah. which is important. So they show up to the vet's office right mm-hmm. as the doctor is smelling his pile of money. Oh, yeah. He's transferring it to a safe and just like, money, 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 <sighs> money, money, money. <laughs> and he, they, they start knocking on the door and he opens the door and they, the family immediately demands to see Beethoven. Yeah. Yeah. But Dr. Varnick is like, I'm sorry, he's gone. You know, he's already been destroyed. Which George is like, now hang on just a fucking minute. When I <laughs> dropped him off, I mean, one, I have to pay for overnight boarding. So what the fuck? Give right. me my money back. But more, you know, his concern is you said that that wasn't going to happen until tomorrow. Right. So what, you know, what are you trying to pull? What's going on here? And Rice yeah. is just like, I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. And runs into the vet's office. And the doctor tries to grab her, which leads George to grab him. Yeah. To and be he, like, get your hands off of her. Yeah. Yeah. And he just with both hands grabs onto his right forearm and the squeezing and then he i think kind of realizes like oh shit that's where he was injured but now he's not feeling anything under this man's arm yeah and so he like yanks his sleeve down and he's fine he has no not even a scratch no you know not even a paper cut yep and emily says i told you he was lying Uh uh-huh and George is like, what are you trying to pull? Right. So, so they all start running back to the kennel. And yeah. Dr. Varnick is like, this is private property. You can't be here. I'm going to call the police. And there's like, get fucked. We don't give a shit. <laughs> get fucked, <laughs> says Emily. Emily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but they run back to the kennel and Beethoven isn't there. Yeah, there's there are no dogs in there. Yeah. In fact. It, you know, everyone's yelling. George pulls back his arm to punch the doctor. He's like, tell me where my dog is. Yeah. And the doctor's like, if you punch me, I'm going to press charges. Yeah, I'll have you charged with assault and battery. So he goes to lower his fist. Uh-huh. And the doctor scoffs at him. Uh-huh. As if to say, I knew you were a pussy. Uh-huh. And so George is just like, you know what? And just whacks him right in the Dex face. Decks him. It's beautiful. The and kids are all like, hell yeah, dad. Alice is heart eyes. Yes. As they're leaving the building, she says, really, honey, I've never found you more attractive. I know. She is just staring at him, not even looking where she's stepping. Just, just the whole time. It's and then great. he's like, I think I need an x-ray. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to get that looked at. It's cute. So then they're outside. George is on the phone with, I, I guess it's the police, but he's kind of yelling at him because, surprise, they are useless. Yeah. Big surprise. Yeah, he says, well, he said that my dog bit him. Pause. And then he didn't bite it. He hadn't, you know, he didn't have any wounds. Yeah. What do you mean, so what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so they're... Like, up. Yeah, they're not helping him at all. And they're just kind of standing there trying to figure out what to do. But then they see that Dr. Varnick is leaving the clinic. I think it's Ted who notices. He's like, oh, look, there he is. Yeah. So they stand very quietly, wait for him to get in his car. And they get back in their car and they're like, we should follow him and find mm-hmm. out where he's going. And I really love that... Alice goes to shut her door, and George is like, wait, 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 wait. And he's watching in the rearview mirror, and he waits until Dr. Varnick goes to shut his door, and they all shut their doors at the same time so that he won't, like, hear their door shutting. Yeah. Which is so smart. I know. And they decide they're going to follow him. Yep. Entire family adventure. Yes. I love this. Going to save the dog. Endangering your children to save your dog. It's As important. they're following him, Ted's like, Dad, have you ever followed anybody before? Turn your headlights off. <laughs> And he does, which is cute. So back at Not-So-Dandy Pits, Vernon <laughs> and Harvey are burning paperwork in an incinerator. Yeah. And Vernon's like, okay, now I have to go get the dogs. Yeah. So Harvey's apparently- like, what do you mean the dog? Yeah. <laughs> the dog? <laughs> what do you mean the dog? He says, I don't know, man. We gotta get all the evidence. Yeah, so apparently the doctor called before he left the office and was like, we have to get rid of all the evidence. Yeah. So the family parks out front of the building and George is like, all right, I'm gonna go check it out. Yeah. 
looks at his watch. He says, all right, it's 930. If I'm not back in 15 minutes, call the police. Yeah, on her cell phone. There's a payphone nearby. Because they were so helpful last time. Right, yeah. Call the police. Why? What are they going to do? Yeah. He says, don't come in after me. Right. Which is sweet. Continuing on, evil is eviling evilly. <laughs> the doctor is filling up a syringe and tells Vernon to bring him the St. Bernard for the ammo test and a little one for a chemical test. He sets the syringe that he has just finished filling on a tray with yeah. like 20 other syringes of various liquids and sizes. Yeah, of all neon colors. Yeah. Look bad and and it just looks, yeah, sinister. Yeah. Scary. So George is outside climbing up a ladder mm-hmm. and the goons are inside. They've gotten the Jack Russell out of his cage. Yeah. Beethoven is losing his absolute mind trying to save his pal. Yes. And he breaks down the door on his kennel. Yeah. Which causes Vernon to drop the dog. Yeah. And then he screams like a little baby. Yeah. (laughs) They take off running. Yeah. And George has made it to the roof and he can see through the giant skylight what is happening. He sees down into this big room where Vernon and Harvey are trying to corral Beethoven. The Jack Russell's running around. I think they're trying to get him too. And then finally, the goons have gotten Beethoven under control, and we see Dr. Varnett comes in, and he, like, walks down a little ladder to get into this lab, and yeah. his coat just flaps so evilly around him as he's coming <laughs> down this ladder. And I'm like, how do you make a coat look evil? But it does. Get the evil coat. <laughs> so Alice has decided, you know, she's she wants to help also. Yeah, because it's been a minute. Yeah. And she's getting worried. She's getting nervous. So she tells the kids, lock the doors. She hands Emily back into the back seat. you yeah. know, and she's like, hold on to her. I'm leaving. If I don't come back in 15 minutes, I'll come back. So she just goes <laughs> and she goes to the payphone. Yeah. So the doctor has a gun and he, he has the gun and points it right at Beethoven. Yeah. But as he, he is about to shoot him. Yeah. George breaks through the ceiling. He just jumps. But he doesn't break both of his ankles. No, because he lands on the goons. He lands on the goons and manages to knock them both out. Yeah. And Beethoven goes over and comforts him. Yeah. But the doctor says, you're a very foolish man, Mr. Newton. Mm-hmm, and points a gun at him. Yeah, but suddenly, the Jack Russell Terrier runs in and bites him on the, on the, you know, what they almost named Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what they call Uncle Richard. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. Yeah. So the kids outside in the car hear the gunshot. They get super scared and worried. They yell for their mom, but she can't hear them. She's on the phone with the police. Yeah. So Ted says, there's no time. And he gets into the front seat. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm driving. Yeah. Rice is like, you can't drive. And Emily goes, you don't even have a driver's <laughs> license. Which is, I love that that's her. Her that, argument. Yeah. She's yeah. like, come on, man. You need the paperwork. Yeah. Honestly, a terrible idea. Obviously. But their mom is just on the phone saying, I don't know. It's a big warehouse over yeah. and over. She doesn't know where they are. So She's I, like, it's just a big, you know, we're just here at the, yeah. the big giant warehouse. So I don't blame him at all. Yeah. He, so he gets in the car, he puts it in drive, and he breaks through the wall that everybody is in. Mm-hmm. He just drives right through the doors. Is happening. Yeah. Smashes into the room and hits the cart with all of the syringes. And they all go flying into the doctor's chest simultaneously. Yeah. And he passes out with a smile on his face mm-hmm. which i mean i guess you know none of them got like plunged so right. he only got like a little bit of and we don't know what was in those right yeah presumably not enough to kill a man i guess george yeah. punches <laughs> harvey in the face just one more good punch yeah just to make sure he's out yeah and the kids all jump out of the car they're yeah. like climbing over it to get to him and yeah. he says my babies are you all right yes and then everyone is hugging each other and Beethoven and Alice comes running in and she has to climb over the 
over the entire car, like from the trunk yeah. down then. She's yelling. They're all just like, they're yelling at each other, but not like mean. No. They're just, their yeah. volume is very high. It's very sweet. And George is like, where were you? And Alice says, I was shopping. I called the police. <laughs> right. <laughs> and George is just like telling her, he's like, I jumped through the, th- I jumped through the skylight. I landed on the dudes. I knocked him out. You let Ted drive. And Alice is like, I didn't let him drive, George. Don't yell at me. And he's like, I'm not yelling. The actual quote, which it's fine the yeah. way that you did it. But I just, I jumped through the thing. I fell on the guys. I knocked the guys. <laughs> not complete sentences at all. <laughs> That's amazing. I know. So then they free all the dogs. They go yeah. into the room with all the dog cages and they free yep. all of them. Just they just let them cages. all out. And boop, I know that boop, this is impractical, boop. but it's such like a happy feeling. Yes, like, let them all out. Yeah. And then we see Vernon and Harvey are up again, trying to crawl away mm-hmm. unnoticed. Yeah. But Ted sees them and yells, sick em, boys. <laughs> yeah. And all the dogs take off after them. Beethoven and Jack Russell included. And chase them down the street, chase them through a night market, push a vendor into this like huge stack of cabbages and all the cabbages come tumbling down and we see like a golden retriever pick up a cabbage in his mouth <laughs> which you the know the run with the cabbage in his mouth. he was not supposed to do that because he looks around at everybody but he's like no this is my fucking cabbage i'll do your scene but i'm taking this cabbage it's so cute so they make it to a junkyard that has a fence and they climb over it uh-huh and they make it over, and they just start taunting the dogs, because, yeah. you know, they feel like they're in safety. Mm-hmm. But then we see that there are some junkyard dogs coming up behind them. There's some big Dobermans in there. <laughs> Harvey and Vernon turn around and just are rubbing their butts on the fence. <laughs> they're just like, hey, hey, hey. Oh. <laughs> But then the junkyard dogs uh-huh. attack. Yep. As Vernon and Harvey hold hands. Yeah. Do you think this is the biker lady's junkyard? Ooh, that maybe. That we saw from earlier? Yeah. She got her some big mean junkyard dogs. She did. None of them are pit bulls, by the way. Yeah. Thankfully. Thankfully. Dobermans are great, too. They are. They're beautiful. By the way, you really can make any dog mean. It's just about the way that you raise a dog. Yeah. It's not about the dog. So the news is newsing newsily. The lady on the TV says everyone is happy. Yep. The doctor was arrested. Yeah, he's been indicted. For 123 counts of animal abuse, which I really think they missed an opportunity here and should have said on 101 counts of animal abuse. Yeah, they probably should have. But that's why. That's okay. The woman is interviewing the family outside the courthouse. Mm -hmm. And she's like, George, have you always been a dog lover? Right. Because he's like, Beethoven is so important to us. We love him so much. You know, I love him. He's a great dog. And she's like, have you always loved dogs, George? And he's like, Uh, (laughs) Not as much as I do now. Let's just say that. Yeah. Which, I mean, honestly, you could be honest about and be like, I didn't really like dogs before I met Beethoven. He's the greatest dog that ever lived and we love him very much. Absolutely. You and know, she puts the microphone down to Beethoven and he gets to bark into it. Yeah. And then end scene. It's very sweet. It is very cute. Back at home, we see the family all sitting around and Beethoven is getting to sit on the couch and George pats him on the head. Mm-hmm. And then George is like, all right, it's bedtime. Let's go. Yeah. But, oh, the phone rings. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Who is it? It's Mark. <gasps> Mark? Yeah, George is like, oh, I guess he saw you on the news? Yeah, Mark something. Yeah. Rice is like, what? Obvious issues with this. Sure. I mean, it's cute. It's cute. But the way her eyes light up is yeah. so sweet. And the actress did such a good job. Yeah. He's way cooler about this than my dad ever was any time a boy called our house yeah. when I was a teen. Mm-hmm. I was older than she is here and he still was like a boy is on the phone and i'm like great 
can I have it? He was just like so not chill about it. But George is chill about it. He says, you know, don't stay on too late. Yeah. And he pets her head and, you know, goes off to bed. Yeah, smiles and walks away. And then we see George and Alice are in bed. And he says, good night, Beethoven, because Beethoven is at the foot of their bed. And then Alice says, good night, Sparky, which is the Jack Russell, who is also in their bed. And then they just start, good night, Mitch. Good night, Maggie. And I was like, what are they doing a bit? But then they pan out and we see that every dog that they rescued from the dandy pup pet supply is in their bed asleep on the floor. It's so cute. It's so cute. It's so cute. Yeah. Super over the top campy ending, but I absolutely love it and it's perfect. Yep. Yeah. The end. The end. Replay rewind? It is a replay. Yeah. I I feel like I had seen this movie. As yeah. a kid, I thought I had, if you'd asked me, which yeah. I think you did. Have you ever seen Beethoven? I would have said yes. None of this really rang any bells, so oh. I don't know that I had seen it. Um, I think I had seen it more than I realized. Yeah. Because as I was watching it, like, I remembered what David Duchovny did before we saw him. I remembered the syringes yeah. in the doctor. I remembered the slobber in the shoe. Like, there yeah. were just little things that I was like, oh, this is going to happen next. Yeah. You know. Yeah, no, I would definitely watch it again. It's very cute. Yeah. And a lot of good dogs yeah. in this movie. Did it make you cry? It did. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> a couple times it got me. Yeah. There were times when I was like, oh, that's sad. But the scene where George says, you were my dog too, fucking got me. I know. It's always the like, it's the emotional turnaround too mm-hmm. of like, yep. you know, he realizes that he doesn't want to lose him either. Yeah. It was like, oh. So it had a budget of $18 million. Uh-huh. It made $147 million. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I forgot to get one out. It was released on April 3rd, 1992. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, I did really well. Huge box office hit. Yeah, um, really. Rotten Tomatoes it has not gotten the memo, though. So it only has a 30%. That's weird. It is weird. It's just, it's so cute and well done. Yeah. So I don't understand all of the humor. Why you wouldn't like it? I mean, there are a lot of over-the-top things, but those feel intentionally campy. Yeah. And then a lot of the other humor is honestly really witty and subtle. Yeah. I really like it. Oh, I got it. But let's talk about Roger Ebert. Yeah. What does he have to say? He gave it two and a half stars. Okay. He was okay with it. Yeah. He said, I'm not a mind reader, and so it is against my policy to suggest that various groups of people might like a given movie. I will violate my rule in order to say that if I were under the age of 14 and had not already seen all of those earlier animal movies, I might well have enjoyed Beethoven more. It's the kind of clever, innocuous family entertainment that's always in short supply. He tells people what kind of movie they would like all the time. That's that's, his job. That was literally his job, yeah. It's his thing to be like, I don't think the kids will like this. Yeah. So critically, it didn't do well. Right. Obviously, it made a lot of money. A lot of people have good memories about it, but I did like this review. Michael Wilmington of the LA Times said, This movie is about the way pets humanize uptight suburbanites. Mm -hmm. And the suburbanite here, Charles Grodin as George Newton, is a good part of what makes Beethoven work. Grodin's mastery of uptight types is always apparent. As George, he has his usual sick, silly grin, his self-righteous tantrums, the whiny, button-down, eternally squelched air. Yes. Which is such a great description of, he did do a great job. Yeah. And he is the one who has the growth throughout the movie. Like, Uh he really is the main character. Yeah. Which I think is great. Yeah. And he, he does have such a big turnaround to the point where he's, like, committing crimes. Yeah. You know, breaking it to save this dog. Mm -hmm. He jumped through a window. Yeah. 
And then he adopted like 30 dogs. Yeah. <laughs> but he also, his growth makes sense. Yeah. You know, you're not like, okay, this is too over the, like, you know, he he finally realizes, you know, I'm not listening to my family. My mm-hmm. wife is right, whom I love and who whose value, whose input I value. Yeah. I just haven't really been paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. She's totally right. And, you know, something, I, something is weird here. I've Am been I, too rigid my entire life and- should really loosen up. Yeah, and yeah. my kids are, you know, there, there are five people in this family, and four of them who are not me are all telling me the same thing. So right. maybe I should listen to them for yeah. once. And then he's just willing to, you know, he very much could have been like, we'll let the cops deal with it, or the they say that there's nothing that can be done, or yeah. just left it at... Which I think his character at the beginning of the movie, that's what he would have done. Yeah. Yeah. Or even when they confront, well, I guess before then, but when they confront Dr. Varnick, and he's like, well, he's already been destroyed, and, you know, I think... Yeah, early movie George would have said, oh, well, then there's nothing we can do. Sorry, we bothered you. Yeah. You know, but he's just like, no, no. Yeah. Something is wrong here. Absolutely. And I like that. I just like it. I saw another um, review where they mentioned, or another, like, synopsis sort of thing, where they talk about how Dr. Varnick is, like, the character foil to George. Yeah. Of how, like, George is this uptight guy who is trying to live a life of, you know, Trying to be less uptight, I guess. Yeah. And then the doctor is, like, also living this double life of being a veterinarian, but also being an evil man who experiments on animals, which I thought was an interesting take. Mm-hmm. So, like we said at the beginning, John Hughes wrote the screenplay under a pseudonym. Yeah. And I still could not find a reason why. Very strange. Um, I did see something that says, this film is one of only a few written by Hughes that takes place outside of Illinois, so maybe... He just didn't want anybody to know that he wrote a movie set outside of Illinois. Maybe. Or, you know, maybe he was having a moment of, for the same reason that Stephen King created Richard Bachman, where he was like, do they actually like me? Or have I just been writing the same movie over and over again? I mean, Stephen King had only written Carrie, but he was like, I want to make sure that these people actually like me. Yeah. So I'm going to release a book under the name Richard Bachman. It won't have my name tied to Mm -hmm. it. I guess he'd he'd written two. Yeah. Because he was like, is my second book successful just because Carrie was so good? Right. And so he started, I mean, you all know this, but the yeah. audience might not. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he was like, if I write under the pseudonym and that book is successful, I will know it's because people like the way I write and not because of my name. And mm-hmm. so maybe John Hughes was just like, well, I had all these successful 80s movies, but maybe I'm stuck in this rut, you know, where everybody yeah. expects me to make 80s teen films and, you know, they just like it because they see my name and they're like, it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to sell it. Yeah. I would like to do something like, different. The story. Yeah, yeah. And not the name John Hughes. Or I wonder if he had a contract with somebody else and he wasn't supposed to be doing any other movies. Yeah, that would be interesting, too. Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't find an answer. Very interesting. Something else I couldn't find an answer to. Yeah. No explanation has ever been given as to why, but Beethoven's original director, Steve Rash, was sacked right before they started filming. Huh. He was quickly replaced by Brian Levant, who also directed The Flintstones and Jingle All the Way. Okay. Yeah. And it was filmed in Pasadena? Yeah. Which I assume it's also set there? Yeah, it is kind of nice that they don't ever mention it or yeah. talk about it. You know, it's just like, it doesn't matter. It's just the suburbs. Right. And so you can relate a little bit more. Yeah. Just be like, this. it's just a house with a dog in it. Yeah. It could be anywhere. So as per usual, you know, we've got a couple of different people who are maybe going to be in this movie. Uh, Steve Martin was the first choice to play George Newton. I think he also would have done a good job. He would have, but... He would have been Steve Martin. Yeah. It would have been different. For sure. It still would have been good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John Candy, Danny DeVito, Bill Murray, (laughs) Dan Aykroyd, Jeff Goldblum, Rick Moranis, and Robin Williams were also considered for the part. Yeah. 
you know, meh. Yeah, I just feel like he did such a good job. Yeah. Yeah, he he did such a good job of that, like, sick, sweet smile, like that uh, one reviewer said. I was just, yeah, yeah such just a like, good way to put it. <laughs> well. <sighs> yep. Yeah. So Charles Grodin was 56 when they made this movie. Yeah. Bonnie Hunt was 29. I wonder if that's why. You can clearly tell how much makeup he's wearing in this whole movie. Yeah. And his hair is, like, very fixed to the point where I'm like, I'm not sure if that's all his hair. Yeah. Um, maybe so they're just they, trying to make him look a little younger. Yeah, they tried to young him down and maybe like age her up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not with her face, but like just with her outfits. Yeah, she dresses very much like like a middle aged mom. Yeah, know, still stylish. Mm-hmm. All three of the kids in this movie were nominated for Young Actors Awards, which is cute. Although none of them won. Yeah, they all did a really good job. They did. Yeah. So Nicole Tom played Rice. It's probably best known for her role as Maggie Sheffield on The Nanny. Mm-hmm. And she shows up in the second one, Beethoven's second. Yep. Do you know there are eight Beethoven movies? No, I thought there were only five. Eight. Damn. There was an animated series for a while, too. Oh, really? Yeah. There in which yeah. Dean Jones voices George. Oh. Which is funny. That is funny. Yeah. So there's the Beethoven's, there's Beethoven, yeah. and then second, third, fourth, and fifth. Right. And then there's one called Beethoven's Big Break, where it's oh. like a Hollywood thing. Oh. And there's a Christmas one. And there's a there's one more that I forget what it's called. Yeah. But yeah. So there are Damn. in the franchise there are eight. It's almost as many as there are Land Before Time movies. Yes. <laughs> and Airbud films. Yeah. Sarah Rose Carr, who we've talked about before, she was in Kindergarten Cop. Yep. And also was in Beethoven and Beethoven Second. Yep. And then there's but since then she hasn't done anything. Yeah. And there was like there's a, you know, beethoven actors then and now like where are they whatever yeah and there is just a caption that says that she graduated from the new college of florida in 2003 but there is not a single verified photo of her on the internet after 1993 yep just she has disappeared yeah which is incredible i know and it's very interesting because that article i mean it's one of those clickbait articles of course that you have to like click through the photo gallery yeah but it's like a picture of the character in the movie and then a picture of them older Picture of the character, right. picture of the Mulder, picture of the and then it's like Emily, and then just another child picture of Emily. There aren't any verified photos of her. Yeah, after nineteen ninety three, that's crazy. I know, but I mean, she's still her. out there somewhere. Yeah, she's gotta be. Yeah, and then Christopher Castile, who played Ted, was also. I like that they all showed up for Beethoven second. Yeah, because he was in it too. Watch it. And then Step by Step, which came out in nineteen ninety one. Yeah, he was on that for the whole show. Yeah, the whole run. Yeah, yeah. And he also voiced Eugene on Hey Arnold. Yep. But stopped acting in 98. Yeah. Nicole Tom, who played Reese, is the only one who's still acting. And she just does, like, one-off parts in every procedural crop- cop drama, basically. Yeah. Know. Honestly, if I were an actor, that would be what I wanted to do. Or she'd yeah. be like, I'll just be in one episode of this show. Yeah. I think we've be talked fun. about that before. Yeah, yeah we definitely have. That would have. be preferential, I think. Yeah. So... In addition to the trained dogs who worked on the film, mm-hmm. like we said, there was a full mechanical dog who was also used, plus a mechanical dog's head, which uh-huh. was used to achieve certain, you know, specific facial expressions and reactions. Yeah. The American Humane Society was on set throughout all of the filming. Nice. And they monitored all of the training and preparation up to filming also. Very cool. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the American Veterinary Association was very upset about this movie. Yeah. Which I was reading an article about it and it was funny because the article was like, every other profession has been trashed yeah. in movies. Yeah. Like, Silence of the Lambs ruined <laughs> s- 
psychiatry for people for a long time. Right. You know, but it they had never come for veterinarians before. And so they were like super pissed about this. Right. Um, they wrote a letter of protest to the head of the Motion Picture Association of America. Wow. They gave Beethoven bad reviews in two letters of protest to Ivan Reitman mm-hmm. and to the MPAA. And they said, artistic license used responsibly should not create unreasonable fears or actually cause harm, said the president of the veterinary group, which is a good point. You know, he went on to say, this is going to scare people from taking their dogs to the vet. Sure. I don't know if it did. No. Because you still gotta. It's still a movie. Yeah. There's still bad guys in movies. Right. Yeah. I mean... You know, we have seen and we have discussed the backlash from movies all the time. People went and saw Babe and they stopped eating meat for a bunch of years that's after not a backlash. that. I feel like that's progress. Well, <laughs> maybe backlash influence. to the Let's meat say people. Influence. Yeah, but people were affected. And people to this day, you know, have a heightened fear of sharks because of Jaws. And so, I mean, there's definitely like consequences. But also, for them to get all up in arms and be like, oh, you made vets look like bad guys? And it's like, every movie has a bad guy who has a job. Yeah. It happens all the time. No one specifically is going to watch this movie and be like, is my vet running a dog napping ring? No. Unless your (laughs) vet maybe suggests leaving your dog overnight for observation for a routine rabies shot, then maybe you should be a little sus and find a new vet. Right. That would be like saying that after people watched Getting Even with Dad, nobody wanted to buy cakes anymore. Right. (laughs) That was a really big logical leap. Anyway, that's about all of the research that I could find out there. There, I mean, the Wikipedia article is very short. There aren't a lot of, like, ten things you didn't know about Beethoven. Yeah. You know, out there in the world. Um, I mostly just want to know where the idea of the story came from, and I couldn't find it. Huh. Yeah, yeah, I have questions. Where, yeah, who who wrote the story and why? Well, we know who wrote it, but like, you know, where did this and why? Edmund Dantes, John yeah, Hughes, why? I, I want to know that, and I yeah, and I want to know where the origin of the story came from, and if there were you know other scripts and what got changed, and I love to know all of that process, and it's just not out there. Yeah, I would like to know how many dogs were in this movie. Oh, there were. Well, did you did you see what Beethoven's real name? Yes, it's Chris. Is Chris? Yeah, but there was also a dog named Cujo. Oh. Who is uncredited Aww. in the film, but I guess was a stunt. Yeah, so stunt Chris double. was the main actor, and there were 12 other adult Beethovens okay. that they used. Yeah. And lots of puppies. Yeah. Um, all of the uh, the St. Bernards were trained by the same woman. Okay. Uh, Eleanor... It's like that guy from Homeward Bound and all of his Siamese cats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, her name is Eleanor Keaton, uh-huh. and she was married to Buster Keaton, which probably doesn't sound familiar to anyone, but he was like a silent film star. Yeah, I know who Buster Keaton okay, is. Okay, yeah. Yeah, after he died, uh, she just dedicated her life to training dogs for movies. And, nice. Yeah, had all 12 of those St. Bernards trained. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. I mean, what a fun, like, life to just have, like, a huge plot of land yeah. with a bunch of big, smart dogs on it. Absolutely. You know, just all, like, yeah, well-trained and can do tricks. And I think that's super cool. Get you the mail. Yeah, get you the mail, get you a beer. Chris, though. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Why is his name Chris? I kind of like it. It's just you just look at a Saint Bernard and go, Chris. I mean, they should have human names. They're as big as people. It's true. But yeah, that's I mean, that's pretty much it. Well fun. That's all I, I could find. Liked it. I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. I was just worried given the movies that we have done. Yeah. You know, recently where we were just kinda like, I have good thoughts about this movie or 
mm-hmm. or even you know there are people in it that we like and so it should be good and then it just being disappointing or but they did a really good job with the story i think they did a really good job of you know weaving in these different plot lines that are happening where yeah. like the main one is just that like beethoven is a lot yeah he's trying and to is challenging this house yeah mostly the dad but also, you know, what he's going through with his job, which, you know, for a little bit, you're like, why do kids care about this? But it does, you know, it gives them all a reason to be like, look, you are not listening to your family. Yeah. You, you didn't listen to me about yeah, the, the whole movie is that about family dynamics and, exactly. you know, working together to get through life. Yeah. Yeah. And then these like evil goons. I think the only thing that I was kind of confused about, and maybe you're saying like, maybe scenes got cut, but just that it just seemed... Like, a different style choice to be, like, I haven't even heard from those goons in forever. Yeah. Or even just, like, the scene where Alice goes to tuck Emily back in when they when George gets up to check the noise downstairs. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we haven't seen Emily in a long time. Yeah. You know, we saw Rice at school inter- yeah. interacting with Beethoven. And then we saw Ted and his bullies. And then we saw Ted getting, you know, chasing the bullies away with the help of Beethoven. And then we see yeah. him, like, where is Emily? What is she doing? Yeah. You know, she just hasn't. But then we get the scene where she gets saved by Beethoven. Like, everybody has their scene of Beethoven helping them. Yes. Yeah. For sure. It just didn't happen all at once. Yeah. It just, we just didn't even see her, like, in the background, I think, which was kind of weird that I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot they had another kid. (laughs) How could you forget about Sarah Rose Carter? I know. She's so cute. I know. I wonder how much of her lines she ad-libbed. She definitely, this, this is only a year after Kindergarten Cop. But yeah, the year is a big difference when you're that young. Yeah, but... she definitely seemed to follow the script a lot more. Mm-hmm. There were a couple things where I was like, I feel like that was Ad-libbed. that was her. Yeah. All her, yeah. yeah. But it was good. Yeah, I love it. I'm, I very much liked it. And yeah, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, I want to pet my giant stupid dog. Yeah. Which my dog's a lot dumber than Beethoven, for sure. I don't think my dog would save me from a pool. But no. you never know. My dog would. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she would try. Right. I don't know if she could. Yeah, but she would certainly try. Okay. Well, hey. Hey. Thanks for listening. Oh. Not you. Well, I was listening. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Every rant that you went on. Hey, Bucket Snake. I was present. Thanks for listening. But also, you, audience, cheese bag, thank you for listening. I appreciate you. We appreciate you. You're great. If you want to message us, tell us about your dog. Send us pictures of your dog. Zuh. Yeah, please do. We would love that. Tell love us, just dogs. tell us about your dog and how much you love them. You can do that on Instagram or Tumblr at Replay Rewind Podcast. You can send us an email at replayrewindpodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at replayrewindpod. You can hear all of our other episodes on Stitcher, Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts, wherever you're listening to us now. Yeah. I imagine the rest of the episodes are there. If not, that's weird. <laughs> If you have the ability to like, subscribe, review, share, please do that. That helps us get the word out. We're mm-hmm. just a snake and a wedge of meat. We're <laughs> just a couple of dogs. In the garage. Yep. DIY. Yeah. Till you die. Yep. Until you die. As <laughs> soon as you die. We're done. We will get a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of sponsors, join us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Replay Rewind Podcast. You will get a bonus episode every week. You get remix episodes where we mash movies up or change things around right on the fly. We're great at improvisation. Mm -hmm. We're hilarious. It's true. You get a bonus long form episode where we cover an adultish movie uh, once a month in the same format that we do this. 
And you get history lessons, deep dives, all that fun shit. You get yeah. a sticker. We'll shout your name out on the show. Yeah. Sometimes we take movies that were terrible in the past and we rewrite them and we put new cast members in them and it's just great. We are just, listen, I don't think I can stress how good <laughs> at this we are. We're so good at it. We're so good. If you haven't heard our rewrite of George of the Jungle, you are missing out because it's an infinitely better movie. It's so and good. it still stars Brendan Fraser. And so. I want it to exist plus chris farley is there so anyway check that out we love you very much in the meantime stay fresh cheese bags and don't forget to reduce reuse recycle replay rewind and adopt don't show We see that on the lady, on the lady, on the TV. Who's <laughs> <It was> Peppers? <laughs> ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.